my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, here we go, here we go. And that is not the all right that you're used to listening to, but this is a voice that hopefully most of you all know. Welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show. This is your boy Rashawn Myers, normally coming to you every Saturday morning on Wake Up 502 here on the Big X, WXVW. It is going down on a happy, happy Monday here from the palatial University of Louisville College of Business Studios. I don't have the read because Mike just has that whole thing down, but make sure if you want your MBA, go out there, check out University of Louisville College of Business. They'll get you all hooked up and together. Uh, very, very excited to be back in. Uh, Duke and Ryan reached out to me and uh, asked, hey, Rocky, got some time to get out there and do a little talk, a little sports? I said, absolutely. Uh, joined here, got Trey Ryan in the building. Trey, how you doing? Oh, look at that. Uh, can, can we switch mics, uh, um, Roman? And then I'll introduce you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got. Uh, uh, where you at, Trey? Oh, let's try the other one. Red, blue. Try, try, try that other one. I don't know. Rope. There we go. Well, look at Look, see. I'm good. How are you? These microphones are squirrely, man. You know what I'm saying? You just never know. I'm doing all right. Man, you know what? It was crazy when I came in, Trey. It's been a hot little minute since I've seen you. It has. I feel like. You came up to about my belt buckle the last yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I was you. telling Rome after you walked out. I was like, he probably hadn't seen me since I was about four feet tall. Yeah. So that was why he probably didn't even recognize me. Like, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy, man. But I'm glad you're in here. For I have sure. a whole lot of thoughts, and I need you all to get me together. I, I was going to call you Intern Roman, but like I said on the show Saturday, Intern Roman on the ones and twos. Rome, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, you know what? I'm living the dream, dog. I'm in here. I get to run my mouth and make people mad for about three hours. It's good so. to see you on this fine Monday. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we got a chance to chat a little bit Saturday, so you you will already know some of the points and things that I'm going to talk about, especially since University of Louisville did not have a game this weekend, so I don't have to complain about another loss. But still news nonetheless. Uh, Rick Bosich coming out and uh, – <laughs> Firing people up once again because I love Rick. I, like Doctor Bo, me, me. You know, I, I don't know how you, how many of you all remember uh, younger folks, but Doctor Bo is what he used to call himself on some of his articles when he uh, wrote for the Courier Journal back in the day. I love Rick Bosich to death. You know, he's about six, six. Seven, I don't know how tall Rick is. Six, seven, six, eight, something. Like that. He's he's a big dude. But you know, every time I see him, like that dude is like a living legend for me. So growing up, like Rick Bosich yeah. articles was like literally. My bread and butter. So it was Rick Bozich and Eric Crawford reading yeah. those guys' stuff. So, you know, seeing <laughs> seeing Rick be on the on the other side of this whole deal has been very uncomfortable for me because every time I see him, when I'm in, you know, going out with the media, I'm I'm out there at the games that I can attend when I'm not attending Holy Cross events, that is anyway. I always see Rick, you know, he says hello, you know, we'll, we'll sit and chit chat and talk, but man, 
I, I try to keep everybody knows I like I like throw, pulling out the flamethrower, but I, I hate trying to throw the flamethrower on Rick because I love Rick. You know what I'm saying? He's the he's the man, but I feel like I'm gonna have to do my my best uh, uh, RKO. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Pull out my my legend my, my legend killer skills today because Rick, I can't get down with you. I cannot get down with you. But we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into this University of Kentucky game because I don't like I don't talk a lot of UK, but. Everybody's kind of lost their minds because Kentucky went out there and put up 117 points. I mean, it was impressive, but I'll just I have I have reservations. Everybody just needs to calm down. I know some some of you people uh, bleed over from some of the other shows that you know KSR and that, that things of that nature uh, that, that that listen to you know all the different blues persuasion you know persuaded shows listening to Roush and everything else I already gave Roma a hard time about his uh, you know Roman was on with, with Roush I heard were you on that show also no it was not. you weren't no, on no, that no, no, show no. And, and I got on Roman because he let Roush talk a little slick oh, about no. U of L you know how UK <laughs> people like to get kind of give that pat on the head thing and, and I yeah. got on Roman about that so I'm not Roman I'm not gonna bust you up too bad again you know that, that was for the Saturday show if you want to check that out Go check out the podcast. You can go out to SoundCloud uh, and pull that up, and y'all can hear me at minus Rome for some of his uh, some of his commentary. Yeah, yeah, you got on me about. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I told him. I said, "Look, Rome, when you're representing Wake Up Five O Two, when you're representing uh, you know old school main event sports show, one thing we do not do is allow no them blue bellies to come in here no. and, and pat us on the head or, or just kind of." talk crazy and, and roush roush is good at it and they love to do it too it's, it's like they wake up in the morning and it's like what they're oh yeah that's, they, they, they wake up and they just that's the first thing they yeah, want to do exactly. so you know I, I told roman it's like hey, brother when you represent us if you're gonna be the intern on this show under or, or be the producer on this show you got to understand that you still represent us so i if because i'm not there roman you're representing me so you have to say what would rashawn say so you have to just embody that you feel me like you're right i, I gotta no more of that. I need that aggressiveness from you. You know what I'm saying? Just, just give me, just give me a little. Like you ain't got to go crazy. You ain't got to go all Haven Harrington on them, but you got to at least, you know, get get a little spicy with them. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. But of course, we're gonna get into that. Um, you know, we're also gonna get into uh, a ton of things going on. Yeah, you, you know, college football playoff. You got the the SEC and Big Ten whining about that stuff. Uh, we really didn't get to get into that on Saturday. Um, already trying to make changes to the playoff, which is absolutely ridiculous. Haven't even played a game yet. But we have that. Of course, your text as well, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Would love to have just a uh, tremendous amount. I, I know you guys are the best texters in the business. I don't care what show you listen to, whether it be you know any of those other stations. Y'all know who they are. There are no better texters in the city of Louisville than the folks that text into the Mike Rutherford Show. Um, so, if you have thoughts on anything that's going on, thoughts on, you know, the University of Louisville women's team choking. And once again, I love Coach Walls, but that ain't it. That is not it. He did get a nice commitment over the weekend. Yep. But, you know, it, it's almost like a compliment. It's like a, a compliment sandwich. It's, it's just all, it, it can never just all be good. No. It always has to be something. Um, but, you know, we have so many things to get into. Uh, we're going to definitely kind of touch on a little bit of everything, and I want to get Trey and Roman's opinions on all this stuff. So I I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start here because um, everybody wants to talk about, you know, Rick Bose's his article that came out on WDRB's website. And it's very funny because, you know, Bozich and EC, Eric Crawford, I, I, you know, the best of buddies, they've been yep. doing this yep. a long time. But it is almost hilarious how – 
you know, Rick comes out and he and everybody knows he's a very staunch supporter of Kenny Payne. You know, he that's that's his dude. He loves Nolan Smith, and he has written a lot of favorable articles over right. you know the, the this expansive time. But it's almost been funny and almost awkwardly so how against or anti or opposite Eric Crawford is. Right. Yeah, so yeah. anytime <laughs> Bostich brings yeah. out an article, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like the taste great less filling. Like he's going to immediately bring out something that's completely contradictory almost immediately. Um, it's just very funny just to see that. And, you know, same thing happened. Rick Bostich brings out the article on Saturday basically talking about, you know, the University of Louisville's off. They don't have any games, but that doesn't mean, you know, recruiting is not going right, on. Yeah. You know, so he, he does this Gosh. article. I, like, I, I swear that I believe the end of last year there was a bye week kind of similar to what Louisville had this year. Mm-hmm. And Bozich wrote almost the exact same article. Yeah. Like, you know, basically talking about all these recruits that he has coming in. And, yes, you know, what I don't remember what the record specifically was, but, you know, on that rocket train to 4-28, and 28, you know, he's like, don't worry, you know, this this team is terrible, basically, and, you know, we have all these guys coming, you know. And, and my thought is this, and, and, I, and I tweeted about it a little bit earlier, and I'll get you guys' opinions on it. I look at it like this. Kenny Payne, let's, let's not, you know, act like DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, that whole dream that was sold to everybody – when everybody was trying to figure out who was going to be the next coach after Chris Mack, you know, the one thing besides the fact that Kenny Payne was an alumnus, you know, besides the fact that, you know, he was on with John Calipari and, and part of that tree that was so successful in bringing in so many top athletes, one of the big reasons that Kenny Payne got the job was because of the promise of DJ Wagner. Like, a- a- am I wrong in saying that? No, not at all. That was it, it, absolutely, and at least uh, – one of the contingencies. It was that, not, yeah, not not 90%. saying that that was the only reason. Right, right, exactly. But it, I mean, that was that was a big part of 100%, it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Roman, that's the way you remember it, also. Yeah. With and maybe not him specifically, but at least some. That was like but big that, time. That was, like yeah, exactly. I mean, Agree it was one of those saying. things like where there were several people that came up to me, like even when I wasn't talking about Louisville yeah. basketball, they would come up and be like, you know, if Kenny comes, DJ is going to come. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I, I heard that from several For outlets. Sure. So. Like, not saying that it was because of DJ Wagner that Kenny got the job, but there was that promise that DJ Wagner, you know, was going to more than likely be a part of the team. Aaron Bradshaw's his teammate, so then if you get DJ, you're going to get Aaron Bradshaw, and, you know, they're going to have all these guys uh, that are going to flip their commitments. You know, we heard all of these things. So that was a big part of it, was that whole recruiting angle, okay? Fast forward a year, okay? You go 12 months forward, Kenny Payne has an awful, awful first year, you know, everybody is uh, basically, you know, Rashawn's over here becoming the ho- most hated man in media because, you know, he wants Kenny's head on a spike. You know, definitely deserved to be fired after year one. And, you know, what we heard was, you know what, it was all the players. L. Ellis is horrible. You know, Mike James wasn't ready for the big time. Brandon Huntley Hatfield was soft. Uh, you know, K- Kamari Lands was a overrated bum. Like, we heard all of the – the conversation about how it was all the team's fault. Kenny's trying to get these guys to understand it. Nolan's trying to get these kids to understand, you know, I would say that, you know, Josh Jamison, but nobody ever says Josh Jamison does anything. Like, 
I still don't know what he does. Yeah, I don't. You never hear his name about like ever, right? Nothing. You hear nothing about him. <laughs> I, I genuinely wonder what he does. Like literally, I, I, I genuinely I, am curious. I, I don't think Josh James. I like. I don't even know how much media avail- availability he's ever done. I've never even seen a clip of him talking either. No, nothing. No, like like I, I don't know what he does. No, but you know they were like you know Danny Manning is getting these guys together, but they just don't understand it. So you know when these guys hit the portal, now Kenny's gonna have a full year under his belt. He's going to go out there. He's going to get some of these great recruits. He's going to get the transfer portal hard. And the class was okay. It was all right. You know, Sky Clark was a huge get. You know, that that was nice. Being able to hold on to Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, he stayed around. That was nice. Uh, You know, we thought Trenton Flowers was going to be a part of it. That didn't happen. You had Big D. He came. You know, we saw what happened with that. But it was solid. Okay? It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't a U.K. recruiting class. By, by any stretch, but, I mean, it was nice, okay? So there was a considerable talent upgrade. Is, is that fair to say? No, 100%. I mean, 100%. so the talent was better, okay? Come through this year, Louisville's currently sitting at whatever it is, 9-8 and, eight and 19 or, or whatever their terrible record is uh, at this point in the year, but it's something awful. They're sitting here uh, floundering through again, and guess what? Happens once again for the third year in a row. The promise of recruits saving the day. Come on. I mean, when does it end? I mean, like, if, there, if this isn't clear proof that this is not working, I don't know what, like, <laughs> we're, we're, what are we waiting on here? I don't understand. Louisville fans out there, I don't care. Who, like, Louisville fans, fake, you know, Kentucky fans that are faking to be Louisville fans, give me a text. I want to know. 502 414 Is there any recruit? Like, if Cooper Flag came out no, and said, nobody I will come to Louisville. I believe in the pain train. I'll come to Louisville if Kenny Payne's the coach. Would that sway your, your opinion at all? No. Trey Ryan. No. No, there's no. I mean, he. It's just not. It wouldn't work. Like the Boozer twins. If the Boozer no. twins, no, no. nothing, <laughs> nothing. So I saw somebody reply to Boozer's tweet and said MJ and LeBron could commit. It still wouldn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't. I'm, right? Like, like Roman, are you of that same accord? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously there's there's <laughs> the there's the fantasy like scenario where if four or five of the top recruits came and said that, then you'd have to let them come for that reason, right? But I mean, it would never, you, it would would never happen. It would never happen. Yeah, yeah. If, if four of the top ten guys in the, in the nation said, "Let's go to Louisville," really? So if he if he would if Kenny Payne could throw together a Fab Five esque class, you would be okay with with that that year number three for Kenny? I'd say even top twenty. Now that really wow, top twenty guys. If he threw, if he somehow some way got five top twenty guys, so, so basically five McDonald's. Yeah, I was about to say that's basically five yeah. All Americans. Yeah, <laughs> and they say if he's not if he's gone, we're not coming. <laughs> You know, when's the last time we had two All-Americans? Uh, okay. Hey, Roman with the hot take. So, hey, you heard it here first. Producer Roman going out. <laughs> now, see, he wants to come on, on when I'm on the show and start throwing out. The, where were these hot takes, you know, when, when you that's were a, you in gave last a, You week. gave me an interesting question like that. That's like, <laughs> that's that that requires the hot take, I feel like. I feel, that's fair. Because at that point, we're, you know, that, that stadium's going to fill right back up. <laughs> so surely, surely five All-Americans can win. 15, 17 games. I'm looking at the ESPN 100 right now, okay? So I just pulled it up. So the ESPN 100, so let's just say the Cooper Flag. everybody knows who Cooper Flag is. He's the number one guy. Of course, he signed with Duke. But just in a, you know, imaginary scenario, if, if Cooper Flag said, you know what, I'm coming, 
I'm ready to roll. You have uh, Darion Reed. He's a he's another top ten player, another wing guy. Everybody knows Kenny likes his wings. So you know, if 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 say Darion Reed and then a couple of these other guys, Florian Bendiga said, you know what? I'm not going to Kansas. I'm flipping my commitment. I'm going to Louisville. That would be enough if a couple other guys joined those two. You would be good. Say, you know what? I believe in Kenny Carter Knox. You're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I would do it. I think. I think. Yeah. Why wow. Not? Okay. Hey. So you know what? That's proof right there, Trey. Like I'm of the uh, of the opinion. There's no chance in in hell no. that I would let that happen. Now, no. I will say this: like, there's that, that's a rare, you know, hypothetical. Like that, I would do. Yes. He could he could have won out from the Notre Dame game, and I'd say no. But something like that. Yeah. If you had three or four, if you had four or five, four or five no all Americans. Uh, and be, and Texas, be. that's what I want to know from you. What, is there anything that could help you or make you flip your opinion? Like, is there, you know, if if you know Kenny Payne was able to go out there and figure out because I mean, Bose <laughs> is just saying, you know, a couple of top twenty kids. He's saying Carter Knox that all these guys are waiting on a decision to be made on Kenny Payne's future. Uh, you know, on depending on where they're going to go. Now, part of Bose's article is saying that you know if we can keep all of the really important guys, so that means Sky Clark. Right. That means Brandon Huntley Hatfield. That means getting Mike James back. You know, still having Tyler Johnson here. You know, bringing back a healthy JJ Trainer. There's a lot of other guys that he's saying that. Well, you know, if we added say three or four McDonald's All Americans and then bring everybody back, you know, and then Kenny makes some adjustments to the staff, which I thought was an interesting part of the article that people really didn't pay attention to because now they are at least throwing out there. That maybe, you know, Kenny Payne came out after last year and said he thought he had the best coaching staff in America. <laughs> and now he's, uh, I guess, backtracking that a little bit. He's backtracking it and saying that, you know what, maybe I don't have the best coaching staff in America. Maybe there are some tweaks. Uh, and I don't know if this is Bozich trying to help him out because it, it feels to me every time Bozich brings out one of these articles, it almost feels like he's literally just pinning the article as Kenny speaks. Right. Like, it feels very um, driven. Like, it seems like there are very specific points, talking points, because Kenny speaks to no one but Rick, pretty much, um, that, you know, the, all these talking points. So I did think it was interesting that now they're saying, well, maybe, you know, Danny Manning is not the right fit. You know, maybe Nolan Smith isn't necessarily ready for first chair. Maybe Josh Jamison, I don't know, maybe he, fold, he he's not folding clothes well enough or whatever he does. I think he's still washing the uniform. He might be. He might be the only assistant coach in America that washes uniforms and does everything else. I I, I hate to be so mean to Josh because Josh has not done anything to me. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I just that that dude. That's the one guy that they when they first put this coach staff together that just always bothered me. It always bothered right. me. I mean, um, I did not understand it. Um, uh, but you know, they're saying that you know what we'll switch the coaching staff around. You know, we'll 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 you know, bring in another elite class. And the question is, I want the fans' opinion of this, and I want everybody's opinions on if these types of things would make you okay with having another year. But the question is the administration, right? right. Josh Hurd. Right. The big boosters. Um, we've already heard, and Mike said it on this show, that Everything that's going on with this Kenny Payne hiring the decision, you know, not to fire him back in December, it wasn't necessarily just about um, Josh being able to unilaterally make that decision. Right. That there was administration, uh, you know, with Louisville at, at a, as a whole. 
Right. It wasn't just about sports. And the backing of some outside administration is one of the reasons that Kenny Payne still has a job right now. So we understand that they're selling this dream, but the, the question or the concern is, and I, and I want to ask you your opinion of this, Trey, and then Roman, you as well. Do you have any concern that the timing of this Bozich article and this selling of dreams, do you think that this could sway the decision or do you think it's a done deal that Kenny is going to, you know, they're going to go ahead and make their move? You know, I thought I was worried until after that Boston College game and then you get killed by another name at home. That to me, you just, you can't let it go down. I mean, you, can, you can't not fire him after that. It's it just kind of like, there was maybe a chance if he won out or maybe lost one down the stretch at the end of the season. It's like maybe some there's a chance that he stays, but now to me after that it's it's done. It's yeah. over at this point. For Roman, me. Roman, Roman, what do you think about that? I, I've said it. I think I've said it a couple times now in the last last uh, few times on air. He just hasn't done enough to prove he's he's can 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 do this job. He has not shown enough in any category that he can do this job well yeah i mean and that's to me that seems like a very well measured like literally kenny payne is going to be the author of the two worst seasons in the history of university of louisville basketball like both like like i said the only reason people are talking about kenny's doing better this year and they're improving is because of how bad last last year year, was i was like okay because he's not historically bad and just horribly awful that's supposed to be better. And it's kind of interesting that we, like, went into this season optimistic. I think we had, like, the worst season in history. No changes <laughs> yes. were made with the staff. And we were like, all right, let's see how it goes. I mean, yeah. it's like, what are we doing? You like, know, I, I don't really understand. We thought Scott Clark was going <laughs> to. I mean, it just, I don't know. It just, it just, it's amazing to me. And, and I do. Like, there are some people that are seriously worried about the fact that you know, Bose is coming out with this article. There is fear. It's almost like some of the fear that I got this weekend, seeing people's responses to the to the article, is like the same fear that people have every time Kenny wins a game of, man, they're going to try to bring him back. They're going to try to – and I'm getting that same apprehensiveness now. I just don't think there's any way they can do that. Right. Like, there's no way, right? Like, please tell me. Like, please. Like, surely. Surely, there's the no goodness. Way. Please. No it just, I mean, because I would think that anybody in their right mind would say, okay, enough is enough. And I, I asked Roman and, and Haven Harrington on Saturday on Wake Up 502, I asked them, is there any value to firing Kenny Payne now? You know, especially with, mm-hmm. what, four games left in the right. regular season? Is there value in that? No. You know, like, at, to me, at this point, no. It's like four it's games just, left. No, like. No What's the point of doing the firing? But then you have articles like this that come out, and you don't have any confirmation from the administration, and it makes you nervous. It very much so, <laughs> very much so, because I mean, like you said, like it, it already the situation kind of already got shut down once in December. So yes, in, in theory, that could happen again. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, but like, surely there's <laughs> no way. But, I, I mean, mean, but you know, it's kind of one of those things. Bozich brings out the article, and they're like, so you're saying there's a chance. You know, and, and that's that chance is what, you know, makes you very, very nervous. Very. And makes you very, very, very uneasy, you know. And, and I, I don't care how many articles it comes out with all these college basketball experts that talk about all the different, you know, coaching candidates out there. And uh, I can't remember 
who put the tweet out um, but said, you know, called University of Louisville the, the, the number one job or the best job once it opens up and discussed all the myriad of different coaching possibilities from Chris Beard to um, Jay, uh, to Scott Drew to, you know, if, if, Jay, if they could figure out a way to get Jay Wright to come out, you know, pull out, throw all the, the mothballs and bring him back out of retirement, Nate Oates, uh, must bust, you know, the, the, the li- you know the list. Everybody knows the list very well, but – um, you know, you get that article where this guy's calling Louisville the best job and you're going to have the best candidates and it's going to be so awesome. Uh, and then you get the Bozis article and it's like all that positivity is like gone. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's like, is he going to stay? I can't believe it. And I honestly, people, like I've had a lot of contact from a lot of folks. I've had a lot of contact from coaches contacting me asking about the job. Um, assistant coaches contacting me asking me about the job. Um politicking for their their candidates so i will tell you that at least in coaching circles they expect for the job to be open and that's the most like that's the most inside baseball i have is that i i have had direct conversations with people that coach uh in in division one and they they expect for the job to be open outside of that that's all i got for you but like it does give me pause to just think who's buying what Rick is selling. And that makes me nervous because you just never know. I, I, no, surely nobody, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I don't. I haven't talked to anybody in yeah. quite a long time that's a Louisville fan that would be buying into what he's, what he's selling on that article. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think. I haven't personally talked to anybody in a while that has been. Well, I mean, it, I could just be out of the it loop. It felt but, like Notre, yeah. at Notre Dame it was almost like that was the last straw. You know, yeah, exactly. like like yeah. Boston just, College, you probably, you know, I feel like maybe 80% were already off of the bandwagon. But after Boston College, I think that 80 went to like 90%. And then Notre Dame felt like, okay, everybody's just like, yeah. It's over. Yes. That was the last straw. You know. Over with. It's, right it's done. That. It's done. You know, but, you know, th- then you hear about, you know, wh- whether it be Jerry Eves, you know, making the comments that he makes, uh, Brandon Bender. Um, you know what I'm saying? B is, is out there on Twitter doing his thing, talking about, you know, look at these guys we got coming. I told you it takes a little time. And, and you know, Brandon Brandon knows a lot of people, and he knows a lot of, uh, 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 you know, folks in the recruit on the recruiting side and in the high school world. So, you know, he's someone who people look at and look to his comments as somebody who knows a little something about, you know, something. Uh, so it, it's been a very anxious about – 48 hours <laughs> since since Rick's article came out people have been freaking out and I am definitely not here to calm y'all down because I will say that I personally think it's gonna happen but I don't know like I just keep I keep wanting to put this to bed and every time I feel like it's getting put to bed like what happens if Louisville goes out there and beats dude it, exactly Any, <laughs> anything could happen I mean you're right I mean there's no reason to. Just I mean Filipowski I mean, done got ran over got exactly trampled by the, by the fans you know what I'm saying at Wake Forest so who knows what if, if I mean and it's very interesting that Louisville would just happen to be playing Duke right after the whole controversy yeah, with the court storming exactly. yeah. that now the you know the eyes of the world are going to be wanting to see if Filipowski is going to play so everybody gets to be reminded just how awful Louisville basketball is. And because you know everybody's going to be watching Duke game. Yeah, with all this conversation. No, 100%. You know, yeah. with, with Phil, and, and I don't care what anybody says, and I can ask you guys your opinion on that. Filipowski absolutely tripped that fan. People try to say, oh, he just froze. No, absolutely not. 
He did that on purpose. What did, did, do you think he did that on purpose? Or I, you think I, that I think was he did it on purpose. I, I'm with I'm with y'all on this. 100. percent He knew what he was doing. Yeah, like he dude. did right. Yeah, 100%. like some people are just trying to say no. He didn't do. He didn't do that on purpose. He just accidentally. No. I mean, it wasn't exactly hurrying off the court either. It was no. I mean, it wasn't like he, he didn't took know that his was sweet happening. time. That's what I'm saying. That's he took saying. his sweet time. He put his arm. He threw his arms up and stuck his leg out, and that kid went flying. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't a dangerous situation because, absolutely, you saw how fast everybody ran, and I don't know what happened to the poor fan that he tripped because all you see is that fan go flying and then disappear into just a – it looked like um, um, the Lion King, you know what I'm saying, when when Mufasa falls and, and, you know, that's what it looked like. Yeah, just got tripped. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it was was just a a rush of humanity. Um, So I'm not saying that they don't need to – make adjustments to it. They need to organize it better. Um, I heard somebody um, on uh, one of the shows, uh, it may have been Paul Rogers, talked about the fact that they had basically roped off a section to where, you know, behind the the visitor team's bench to wherever the visitors exit, they basically had it roped off so the students could only get onto the court from outside of the roped area. And, like, to me – that seems like a simple solution. Right. Like, organize that. You know, y- y'all can go out there to, to Lowe's or something, get you some rope. Something, yeah. And just rope it off. You feel right. me? And be right. like, you all can come onto the court from here, make sure that all the kids move that way, give them directions beforehand, and it's an easy solve. Like, because you can't – are either of you two, um, like, think that the court storming should, should end? Like, are you on that side? Go ahead, Ron. Uh Yes. Oh, yes. So, so you 100%. Really? So you think you that they guys did the, not the court do storming. You guys didn't win the basketball game. The basketball team did. It's not March yet. You didn't earn anything really with the win. You know, it's not your your conference tournament in the last game of it. You know, if it's if it's to hoist a trophy, cool. But no. Why are you guys storming no the court? No court What Roman's coming with all the hot takes this afternoon. Wow. No court stuff. What about you, Trey? Come on, Rome. I, I, I think that if you're being, if you're an unranked team and you beat a, what were they, top 10 team? Yeah. Ranked like eight. Yeah. yeah. Top, if you beat a top 10 team at home, I mean, do your thing. I mean, like, obviously I'm not saying we should be trampling people or anything like that, but there's, I don't think you're, I don't think there's any way to stop it. First of all, those kids are going to do it either way. Right. And with a big one like that. So, I mean. I don't see a problem with it. I mean, like to me, like the whole court storming thing, that's a part of what college athletics is. Agreed. Right. That's 100%. not something that no, happens that's in the, the pros. That's what field storming is for. Storm the field. Leave the yeah. courts alone. That's what the people. <laughs> so, people so you're people okay with football. Okay, people so. pay thousands of dollars to sit on that court. Yeah. Court side. They, you know, I get the game's over, but they didn't pay that money to have the last, you know, the first 30 seconds of the end of the game be absolute chaos and them, you know. I just feel like it's a difference when you know. Wow, when it's, okay. a, when it's a basketball court that people pay money to be on the court. So, so producer Ro- producer Roman wants Kenny Payne back as coach, and he wants the. I do not want Kenny Payne back. I do not want Kenny. Bring me Cooper Pla- Cooper Flag and and, and and Darian Reed, and and you can come back. Uh, all right, but uh, but I mean hey, that's I mean I understand it, but like I I just feel like you would absolutely lose something. But I understand your point, Roman, and it is. They need to me. They need to make some concessions in terms of being better prepared and just not nothing to be out all out chaos. And that's on the schools themselves. But you know, going ahead and cast it all together—that's another. Hey, y'all can text me in that uh, that opinion as well. I'd love to hear that. I know we are already late for the first break, so let's go ahead. I don't want Mike 
uh, to text me talking about go to break. You know, I know you're listening out there, Mike, somewhere. I know, I know you are. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, 96.1 FM, WXBW, Big X, and we'll be back. I like it, Roman. I like it. Welcome back in. Welcome back in to Mike Rutherford Show. Big X Sports Radio, WXVW. It is going down on a beautiful Saturday morning. I guess Punxsutawney Phil was right. They said that this was the first time in about 10 years that the, the, the groundhog didn't see his shadow. That means early spring. I might have to start believing in the groundhog. Uh, hey, that's what we got to do. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Right? Like, right. I was always one of them. I was like... Doesn't he always see his shadow? I didn't even understand how they could tell if he saw his shadow or not. Like, yeah, I never really, I never got into that either. I don't really know <laughs> like, how that works. What do you mean he doesn't see his shadow? Like, he walks outside. Like, how do you know what he's looking at? Like, what do you? How do you know what the groundhog is looking <laughs> yeah, at? Is there like a play? timer? We got a stopwatch, I'm right? Like, you know, it, you figure out if he's looking around to see what the people are looking, they're doing. Like, how do you know this? Like, I, I just don't understand it. But hey. It's like 70 degrees outside. I'm loving it. It's amazing. It's I good. love it. I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for a punk Tiny field. I like it. Uh, but uh, you know what's funny? We're sitting here talking about this. Eric Crawford just uh, put out a new article. The end is near. Uh-oh. As the season heads towards its conclusion, Louisville's pain counts success in small samples. So <laughs> Eric Crawford once again on the other side of the, the coin pins his latest, you know, article talking about how terrible things are so the Bozich Crawford I, I think that Bozich versus Crawford is going to be like the new bad boy versus mm-hmm. uh, uh uh what was that um uh uh death row records like bad boy versus death row had Pac versus Biggie like you know they're, they're just like in the same office like yeah. right across cubicles just me mugging each other all day long yeah. <laughs> you think they talk about it it's like they, they know they're doing it. Like, you know, like, it has to be WWE. It has to be just like It's all just entertainment. Like, yeah. it's got to be. I, I'm with you. I think so, too. <laughs> it's just. I think they talk about it. They are like, in such. Yeah. On such hard opposite sides of it. They probably text about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They've got to be. <laughs> if they're not, like, if it's like, if they're, if Rick is really just so passionately for and Eric is so passionately against, like, that would just make for a very yeah. tense work environment. Agreed. So, <laughs> surely, like, I don't want to see, like, but, like if I came into the uh, the media, you know, I came there because, you know, they always put a wonderful spread for the media downstairs before all the basketball mm-hmm. games. Like, if I walk down there one day and, like, Bozes has Crawford in a headlock, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that these guys are just playing that up, you know, so they can get more clicks because then it's like, okay, what did Rick say? Okay, let's see what Eric says. So I'm hoping that there's a little bit of uh, drama to it because it seems like they both are going extremely hard. So, you know, but I I did think that was just funny. As soon as I pulled up uh, Twitter, I don't call it X. I'll never call it X. As soon as I pulled up Twitter, that was the first thing that I saw, so that gave me a little chuckle. I'm still trying to get over Roman, trying to, like, destroy everything that is college college athletics. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's just – he's out here ruining my childhood. Roman hates <laughs> fun. 
You know what I'm saying? That's what I said to him in the break. I, I, was think, like, I didn't I know you were the fun college police, athletics bro. needs some changes. It just needs some changes. You know what this is? This is because you're an NBA fan. It is. It is. Shorten yeah, their shot exactly. clock. See? <laughs> exactly. Look, he wants quarters. He wants to shorten the shot clock. He doesn't want court stormings. You know, like, see, this is you're trying to NBA up college athletics, Roman. Quarters is a is an interesting difference that I, for some reason, that I don't know why that, like, I do like that about college basketball. It, it makes oh, do you like the halves? For whatever reason, I don't I'm know. I'm shocked. I think it truly, I think it truly allows for the better team to show it. Well, at least you would believe in the sanctity of you know something. He doesn't hate all everything yeah, that has to do exactly. with college athletics. Not okay. everything. All right, Roman. I guess that that that'll give you a little bit of reprieve. Even though I'm proud of you for giving me some hot takes, I needed some because you know text lines probably uh you know tearing you up. But it, everything started jumping as soon as you started talking. All I started saying was just text come in, Bing, 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 Bing. Right after each other. so And we're going to get to you all's text uh, at 502-414-1450. Thorns text line coming up here soon. Uh, did, did you all ca- happen to catch uh, Rick doing the swaggy Rick Pitino thing yesterday? Uh, I he heard. was all white. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had on the all-white all yeah. chicken dinner outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking like Colonel Sanders. Man. <laughs> Italian Colonel Sanders. Man. You know what I'm saying? He was out there swaggy at MSG, knocks off Creighton, you know. First text of the day said, did Pitino end the curse with the white suit? <laughs> with that win over Creighton. Hey, hey, I love Rick Pitino. This is one thing. You will never find me talking down about Rick. I did not want Rick fired. I didn't think Rick needed to or deserved to be fired, but I knew he was going to get fired. Right. Like, it was one of those things, like, once the FBI thing came out, even though there had not been any proof, I knew they were going to get rid of him because right. that was just the – had to. It was kind of on that he was on his last chance. Right. So as soon as the FBI thing came out, I was like, he's done. And I okay. hated it. I still hate it. I think that both Rick and Tom Jurich should still be here. Um, I've been very much um, outspoken about that. Did I also I didn't a... think that the banner should have ever came down. No. Like the NCAA overstepped their own bounds to do what they did. Um, you know, so I, I'm very much about it. So seeing Rick get out there and do what he does best. This man just killed his team, what, a week ago? Talking about they're slow, they're not athletic, they can't guard anybody, it's the worst team I've been around forever. Fast forward seven days. He made sure to wear the white suit, knowing (laughs) everybody's watching. He wears the white suit, and after the game, he says, and I quote, this group of guys that I'm coaching this year is the closest group that I've worked with since uh, Providence since <laughs> Billy the Kid and the Final Four Providence Friars and just hearing him go from one end of the spectrum all to, and to going and just invoking Providence because the, in Rick Pitino that's the highest compliment he can give right right like when if he's talking about player comparisons it's the comparison to Jamal Mashburn but when it comes to teams it is the comparison to anything that has to do with Billy Donovan or Providence in general. That he just gave the St. John's Red Storm, you know, his team this year, he gave them the biggest compliment they could ever get. Rick, Even though he's yeah. lying through his teeth. 100%. Rick, you know, good thing <laughs> on well. <laughs> like, no. The, he the, loves the apparently exactly. this St. This John's team is closer knit than any team he had at Louisville, even his national championship team. Yeah. This team is closer. Yeah. Like, come on. That's real. 
But that's Rick, and I loved they it. Loved, yeah. Like that's what I live for, just the theater of it. He's so happy to be there. He's so happy to be doing this thing in New York, to be coaching the garden. Like I would love to have Rick back, but I am happy that he found this. And I'm glad that they, for once, was able to actually hold a lead. I've been watching St. John's games all year, and I don't care whether it's the Marquette game, UConn, um, Creighton, the first time when they played them out at Creighton. They had so many games where they would have an 8, 10, 12-point lead and just <laughs> just fall apart. you know. And I'm just like, come on, Rick, just finish one of these for me, dog. Just finish one of them. Yep. They finally got it done. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to St. John's. Congratulations to Rick. It's still going to be an uphill climb for them to uh, make uh, the, the tournament. Um, they, I think they, they lost the game where they had a 20-point lead. They, I mean, they've lost so many – like, they've lost so many games with leads. It's unbelievable. Which I, just, I feel like isn't normal for him. No, it's just this team, A, that, you know, Rick's trying to build the culture, and, and I do agree with him. And he's, he talked about the fact that he has so many transfers. It's just really hard to – have any continuity when you have so many new pieces and new parts, and they just haven't gotten it, the defensive side of it. The good thing that he has working for him is that being in the Big East, Big East is probably the best um, basketball conference in, in, in college basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's between A the Big East and the Big right 12. A lot of competition. Um, so, I mean, right now St. John's is sitting at 8-9, and 16-12 and 12 overall. Like, they're going to have to figure out a way – to make that closer to 19 and 13, 20 and 12. Like, if they can do something like that, then I think that they will have a, a, a at least a good chance to make it. Uh, I mean, they finish up at Butler, at DePaul, and home versus Georgetown. So it's not a it's not a uh, murderer's row down the stretch. So, I mean, with, with those being their last three games, he's going to have a shot. Like, I mean, if he can win those last three games, uh, which I believe all those teams are rated below them uh, in the standings. Yes, uh, Butler. I mean, literally, Butler, DePaul, and Georgetown are the three worst teams in the conference. So, I mean, you go out there, you win those, you win at least two games in the conference tournament. I think that that you know St. John's will have a chance. That'll put them at around twenty-two wins uh, for the year. Um, so Rick's got a chance. He has a shot. Now, I'd love to see it. Like you know, March is better when Rick Pitino's there. 100%. You know, just like you know you, you, when you see Coach K. Go ahead and hang it up. You, you know, Roy Williams goes ahead and hangs it up. You know, you, Rick is one of the only godfathers you have. You know, Rick, you have Izzo, you have Bill Self. Outside of that, like, I guess, like, who is it, Sean Miller? Like, who, who are the other? That's really it. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it. that's, I mean, yeah. you know, it's just not, you don't have those elder statesmen. So when you have those guys in there, I just want to see Rick have another run like that. And St. John's has a lot of talent. So hopefully that they can make a little run. I know some of y'all. Um, you know, don't necessarily write like Rick or but I, I think I love Rick. I think the um uh what what do they say? Um distance or time makes the heart grow fonder. Like people a lot of people love Rick again that didn't love Rick when he left. Mm-hmm. Like and, and I, I was one that always wanted him back, but I definitely think with everything that Louisville's been through the last three years, between the last year of Mac and these last two years with Kenny Payne, a lot of people would take Rick back in a heartbeat <laughs> if they yeah. could. Um, but it's good. It was good to see him. I, I love seeing him in the all white. It was just the whole theater of Madison Square Gardens. It was awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, good, good luck to them with that. We'll have to check out, you know, and, and just see what happens as it moves down the stretch. But the one other thing that I want to get into before we end the first hour, and then of course, start hour number two, as it is Mike's tradition, we are going to hop, um, hop in, 
uh, hard and heavy uh, to the Thornton's text line because I want to hear what you guys are talking about. But we got to talk about this this UK game. We got to talk about this UK Man. game. Like, Man. <laughs> on one hand, okay, like, first of all, calm down, Kentucky fans, because I do want to remind y'all, y'all are just coming off losing to LSU in one of the most hilarious endings to a game ever. So that was just pipe down a little bit, okay? Like, Every time – I don't know who's worse. If it's Dallas Cowboys – Roman, you ain't a Dallas Cowboy fan, are you? I haven't a Dallas Cowboy fan. You are a Dallas Cowboy You and Haven both. Lord, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I don't know who's worse. Dallas Cowboy fans that every year they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, I said avid Dallas Cowboy hater. Hater. Oh, oh, I thought you said fan. Okay, no, he's all good. Good, good. I was, I was about to put you <laughs> up. Not like the well, Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> Haven Harrington uh, the, the third, my avid uh, co-host of Wake Up 502 – and main event sports, he is a big-time Cowboys fan. So I, I will just throw him under the bus. Thank you. You can help me run him over, uh, Roman. Uh, <laughs> but, like, every time the Dallas Cowboys go out there and get a win, you know, or, or beat, you know, let's say they go out to beat Packers. They go out the beat Super the Bowl. We're winning the yeah. Super Bowl. We're, We're going, Bowl. you know, it doesn't matter how many games they lose. As soon as they get a big win, we win the championship. It just goes from zero to championship on every game. Every time. Every time. Every Kentucky time. fans are the exact, exactly the same people. They are. Like, exactly. It's like, did you forget? <laughs> they went from fire Calipari to literally. To, we're the best team in the nation. It is absolutely amazing two to me. Two weeks. How quick? Not, it, it didn't even take two weeks. It took like four days. Yeah. They just lost to LSU. Literally just lost to LSU mm. in the most hilarious of circumstances ever. Could not get a stop playing the most horrible defense in the world. Then they come out and score 117 points in a college basketball game, which is crazy, unbelievable yes. that they scored 117 points. I, I, I still don't know how that happens. Like, I knew that, that people have talked about it, and Nate Oates has been a guy that I've been following closely because he's been a guy that um, Louisville fans have been it, – it's kind of funny. Like, all the guys that Louisville fans have kind of focused on have all had, like, horrible losses. Horrible. Like, just yeah. terrible losses, kind of up and down seasons. So, I've been following Nate Oates, and they talked about the fact that, you know, while in the past Nate Oates has had some pretty good defensive teams, that this team that he has this year just can't defend. Like, they just can't. No. They have no ability to defend at all. I didn't realize how bad their defense was until we saw them out there against UK, who has almost as bad a defense. Like, I don't know whose defense is worse. I still lean towards UK being the worst defensive team, but UK being at home and the fact that uh, Edwards finally decided to play. Like, like everybody has said that Edwards is the best prospect for Kentucky all year. People have called him a top five, can't miss draft pick. He has had not a good season. He's not played well. He's not shot the ball well, been very inconsistent. He still has all the measurables, you know, 6'8", 6'9", long, athletic. You know, he's a lefty, but he just hasn't lived up to the billing. Well, he goes off 10 for 10, 28 points. You know, UK has just this otherworldly shooting performance. So everybody just kind of ignores the fact that Alabama shot 57% from the field, that they shot darn near 50% from three, and that they scored 95 points. Like, can we celebrate the fact that, uh, well, can you all? I'm not celebrating the damn thing that Kentucky does. But, you know, like, if you want to celebrate the fact that UK had an unbelievable offensive performance, that's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. But 
to just ignore the fact that UK may be the worst defensive team. Like, I thought, like, Louisville was horrible. Like, I don't even put Louisville in the conversation because no, yeah, we're just so it's a bad. joke. Yeah, it's not even comparable. It's a joke. Yeah. But of competently coached teams, UK is probably the worst defensive team of anybody who has a competent head coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yet and still, Kentucky fans, after this game, are already back to prognosticating that they're ready to win a championship. Like, no. It's, just, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, they're one of the most talented teams in the country, but it's just like when it gets down to it in March, when they were like some of these teams are just as, almost as talented and they're not can shoot the ball. that many points. And exactly. It's just not going to – like they're not going to play to teams that are and if you're bad defensively. You can't get ones like that, that in March. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, because that's been the whole thing, right? It's like the team that's going to beat them is a very physical, defensive, right? you know, defense-first team. Like a Virginia, right? right? They get out there against a, a team like Virginia that's not going to let you run up and down, that they're going to, you know, press up Slow on the three. Down. They're going to be very physical. That's going to be the team that, that kills you. Like, I will congratulate you. Yeah, like, 117 is ridiculous. That's stupid. Like, that, I, points, yeah. I never, like, Loyola Marymount back in the day, which is, you know, back before either one of you two was even born, <laughs> uh, you know, back, back Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and them dudes, they were putting up, 105, 110, 115 every game. But they had a very specific system, and they had two of the greatest talents. I mean, you know, Hank Gathers was unbelievable. But they had just this offensive juggernaut. But outside of those teams, like, you don't expect to see 117 ever. So, I mean, it's unbelievable, but you gave up 95. And you still let Alabama shoot 56%. You know, and Alabama didn't even have a great day shooting the ball. They they were six of seventeen from three, shot thirty five percent. So like they didn't even play that well. So I I will congratulate you, but no UK, you're still who you are. Like if if Edwards has his normal game, then UK's in a nail biter, and they may or may not win. So just calm down, relax. I'm sure Roush was probably um you know on, on <laughs> Kentucky roll call going crazy. He was excited. Then, like I, I I'm I'm yeah. you know I'm just sure K, KRC he was. He was just taking victory laps, but just relax. It's not going to happen. Roman, if he comes back in here, don't let him try to get you on this win, win the championship bandwagon. Like that, don't, don't, you know, I need you to stand up to him. I'll set him straight. I'll let him know that they can't defend. Yeah, at all. Like, it, it's embarrassing how bad they are. But to the victor goes the spoils. I'll give them their credit, you know, credit where credit's due. But I will not let you forget you just lost to, to LSU on Tuesday. So, you know, net sum this week was probably worth zero. Because you beat a good team in Alabama at home and you lost on the road to a bad team at LSU. So you probably did not move up or down. You know, Lenardi's been a little off on his whole bracketology. I've been following him. Like, he has some weird – like, to me, Wake Forest was already an NCAA tournament team, even though he had Wake Forest as the first team out. Um, so I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that he's talking about right now. Um, but wherever he has UK 5, 6, 7 seed, um, I don't think they – did anything to move one way or the other. It doesn't really change my fundament, fundamental opinion of UK. They are more than likely a second round or third round exit. That's that's where they're going to go. That's who they're going to be. That's who they are. Like I don't think that they'll get the St. Peter's treatment. I just think that offensively they shoot it too well. Like I, I don't really see that upstart team beating them per se, but I could absolutely see uh, them play TCU in the second round yeah. And TCU knocking them out. I could absolutely see that. Yeah. You know, just kind of a physical, nasty, Anybody. you know, defensive team. Yeah. 
going to get up in your crawl. So, yeah, we're just going to keep it at that. But I'll tell you what, hey, we are already – hour number one is in the books. When we come back on the other side, we are going to get into – well, uh, look at that. The, the music's coming. We're going to get into your text, so keep them coming. 502 414 and we'll be back. Monday morning, it was all it's another year I here in our River City. What Welcome back in. Me and Trey in here just running our mouths coming back uh, off the break. That was, a, that was a quick break. But I tell you what, man, it has been a wonderful amount of conversation. We're in here talking about coaching candidates, and I, I'll probably get into that. And I do want to get um, Trey and Roman's opinions on who they would like to uh, focus on as we get closer. I mean, we're only four games left in the regular season. So one way or another, people, more than likely, we're going to see Louisville basketball take the court five more times and then, uh, you know, the nightmare ends, at least this for this season. Like, I don't know what's going to happen after that. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that we are going to see some movement. But you are listening to the uh, uh, Mike Rutherford Show. Rashawn Myers, uh, producer. I always want to call you intern. Uh, producer Roman. Producer Roman. Uh, Trey Ryan in the yes, building. Uh, it's going down. Hour number two. That first hour flew by. My bad. I'm just up there running my mouth. We're about to go over the top of the hour and everything, man. But uh, I tell you what, uh, you guys, Roman, I know you've been in there looking at the text line. Uh, so I'm gonna let you go ahead. You can go wherever you want with these texts and see what people are talking about, man. Let's just go in order then. That first one I gave you with the with the white suit ending, asking if it's ending the curse. That was the first one we got. Yeah, maybe he's ending the curse I for St. So. John's basketball. I think he did. I mean, St. John's is about to get like looking at his, the way his schedule ends. I don't know how they line up for the um, for the Big East tournament. Which God, man, I miss the Big East. So tournament. bad. Like, I would love, love to see Louisville playing up in the garden again. But I don't know how that's going to line up. But I think that Rick has a run in him. I think they're going to make the, the tournament. I do. I agree. I mean, they'll get the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day. You know what I mean? If they're one of those that's first a huge win. Out, it's, it's a like, huge win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, just being Rick, you know, being coached by him. I mean, it's like you got March pedigree. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they'll get the benefit of the doubt if it's close. Plus, everybody so. wants to see Rick in there anyway. Right. Exactly. Tournament's better Look at it. Yep. <laughs> what else we got, Ron? Texter says. Kelvin Sampson guy here. Just curious who the current head coach of the number one team in the country is right now. In all seriousness, I'm just stunned that no one else is mentioning or talking about him as even an option. I think he's just too old. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what. Like Kelvin Sampson guy, I am a Kelvin Sampson guy. Agreed. Yeah. Me like too. I, the, when Kenny Payne was on the list, my list was basically Kelvin Sampson, Bruce Pearl, Mark Jackson. Uh, you know, where, where the guys and uh, at the top of my list. You know, if you went a little bit further, uh, we may look at a shock of smart. But those guys were right at the top. Literally, Mark Jackson, which was kind of my third guy definitively. But it was pretty much Pearl and Samson. And I wanted Samson before anybody else. Like, I – the uh, and I do agree about the age is definitely a concern with Samson. Um, but to me, I think that when you look at this Louisville situation, because I know everybody wants to find – the young coach, right? Right. Because they want to have the coach that's young, he can be really good, and he's going to be here for a long time. Right. But to me, Louisville basketball is in such a critical spot 
you know, because you don't want to become Indiana basketball. And I think that this hire is so important. You have to get somebody that you know with, you know, nothing is guaranteed. And and there is nobody that's so great that they are just fail-proof. But you have to find somebody that you know for pretty much a fact that he's going to at least make Louisville legitimate again, a guy who's going to get Louisville year in and year out back to the NCAA tournament. Kelvin Sampson's one of those guys. Now, if you hire Kelvin Sampson, how long are you going to have him? Six years, seven yeah. years? I mean, because what, he's, he's eight like years. 68, 68 yeah. or something like that. So, like, so you, like you're yeah. not going to have him a long time. But to me, the thing is, if you hire a Kelvin Sampson now, you may only have him for five years. But if Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson gives you five years of successful basketball and, say, gets Louisville to the Elite Eight or the Final Four, then even when he retires, Louisville's back. You're right. headed, yeah. You're headed in the right direction. Right. You know what I mean? No, I don't disagree. And, and, I wouldn't hate seeing Kevin Sampson, but yeah, that's just, but it is absolutely. Yeah, I mean, concern. I think that's the yeah. one thing everybody wants to get that forty-ish, oh, you know, four, right. forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven-year-old that has yeah. a lot of time and take left. us to the promised land. Yes, like, having for fifteen, twenty years, he retires. Exactly. That's why. I mean, obviously, that's ideal. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just one of those things. Like to me, it's almost more important to get the higher right that you know he's going to work rather than it is. I you know, like if you just happen to have somebody who's also pretty young, like if it's a Shaka, you know, and you can have somebody who's good and young, that's an awesome combo. But to me, I don't think that's a prerequisite for the job this time around because I think it's so important to get the hire right. Like I just need to have somebody who can win. I don't care if you're old. No. I don't care if you're young. You just have to be able to win at a Louisville level. Like I don't want to do this whole, you know, Indiana is happy because they're you know, an NCAA tournament team once every four or five years. Like, that can't be Louisville basketball. You know, like, I need somebody who all we're trying to figure out is what are we going to be, a three seed, a five seed, a seven seed? Is this going to be a down year and we're a nine seed? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like, because growing up, it wasn't like we we didn't miss tournaments. (laughs) It was like like, it was just like all right, what's the year we're going to be? It was a given, right? It was just like. Exactly. You know, how how close to home are we going to be? No, yeah. Now we're like, are we going to get 10 wins? Right. Like that. That's that's why I need somebody who can come in, turn this thing around, and start moving down that road. Have to. You know what I'm saying? Like that that to me, like, what what do you think? Like, um, what what do you think about that, that Roman? Like, as far as the age thing, like, do you think that age should be a a prerequisite or be something important? Like, not at all. Not at all. I think when when you haven't been where you want to be in so long. The guarantee of success is all that matters. Yeah. Which nothing's guaranteed, right? But someone who's done it and showed that he can do it every year with different guys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you said, it'd be guaranteed. Sweet, sweet 16 would be the expectation minimum, you know? Like, for the time he's here, now know, people know that Louisville's a serious program again. Crews mm-hmm. are going to want to come. Coaches of that caliber are going to want to come and replace him. I mean, because they have everything. Louisville has everything. Like, they are the closest thing to a Ferrari out there. I no, mean, you, you yeah. have the fan base. You have the NIL. Uh, you have the arena. You have literally everything that you need to be successful. All you have to do is come in there and not mess it up. You know, so exactly. I, I just think that if you have somebody who can come in there, have that success, um, I, I, Kelvin Sampson checks all those boxes. So I would not be mad at all there, Kelvin Sampson. No, not at all. What else know. we got? Texter says – KP could win the title this year, then save a burning bus of people <laughs> and bring in a top five recruiting class, and I don't want him back next year. Wow. <laughs> that wow. Is, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's 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 rough. 
Man. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna say, hey, if Ke- if uh, Kenny Payne wins the championship, I absolutely want him back. Yeah, like if let let's say from right now, right here, Rome, if he goes out and wins every rest of his, uh, every single his games the rest of the way out, then he goes to the ACC tournament, wins the ACC tournament, then goes to the NCAA tournament, and then wins all the games and wins the championship. Of course, I want him back. Like, let's do it. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Like, Hang that banner. Come back again and do absolutely. it again. Absolutely. Like, like that would be under the. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that would be under the only circumstances. Like, even if he made a run and made the NCAA tournament by winning the ACC tournament, then I would say he earned his year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully. You know, I mean, you make the tournament. That was the whole thing, right? Is that we said in year two, you got to make the tournament. Right. Like that. That was where you needed to be. So if he found a way to circle the wagons, like, and go on a uh, Patrick Ewing esque run and just trip and fall his way to a title, then you've earned your third year. You know, like, what are the chances of that happening? Slim and none and, Zero, and, yeah. and slim left town. <laughs> 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 I mean, but, hey, if he did it, if he won a championship, then all bets are off. Yes, I, I, will, I would welcome Kenny Payne back. In fact, I would cheer him back. Uh, if what, he if he, what if he wins two games in the ACC tournament? Absolutely not. Okay. No, just glad we're on the same page there. No, if he wins two teams, uh, if he wins two uh, games in the in the uh, ACC tournament, that just means two additional coaches just got fired. Yeah, <laughs> it did two guys. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Texter says, doesn't matter who Payne has, the players only seem to care half the time and at, at best, and that comes from coaching. There is no motivation to win and just awful basketball all the time. It's over, Kenny. If KP gets a year three, they won't win ten games again. This is getting to a point of where Josh Hurd may need to be fired. How do you feel about that? Hey, I'll tell you what. Like, Josh Hurd has not gotten a lot of heat over this. Not enough. No. But I definitely think that Hurd's legacy um, is being written and how he handles this situation. Yeah, you've got one more strike. Like, Tom Jurich, for all the stuff that people didn't like about him and how he rubbed some of the media members the wrong way, is that there was no doubt about who the boss was and who the shot caller was for Louisville Athletics. And right now, Hurd is – I don't want to say he's a puppet, but I'm going to say that he there's not been anything that he's done to prove, hey, I'm the man and this is my no. athletic department yet. No. That no. hasn't happened. Like, Jeff Brom, yes, you get credit for – Hiring Jeff Brom, but Jeff Brom was the guy that was going to be here. He was coming back, so it didn't matter. Who you don't get was. like right. you, you, you don't get, get credit, credit for, for the hire, but you don't get credit for the hire. If that makes sense. No, yeah, you were the athletic director when he got hired, but yeah, you. Don't. I mean, he doesn't really get credit for that in my eyes. I mean, I feel like this is obviously where Jeff wanted to be. At all yes, along. so, so I he mean, doesn't, yeah, you know, yeah, you Jeff don't get waiting. the credit for that. Jeff was waiting exactly, absolutely. Yeah, no, so you know, this is gonna be if Hurd handles this poorly, you know, then I think that. This is going to be like his legacy is being being written right now. So like I'm absolutely with you. I don't think he's necessarily handled it cleanly, um, and I do think that there was a lot of pressure on him to take Kenny. So I don't necessarily hold that against him. But I don't think there's been a very good handling of a either getting with Kenny and making him understand. Look, you need to make some changes to your coach staff. Like it shouldn't have been left up to Kenny to. Decide I'm bringing back everybody after four and twenty eight. No, no, that like your athletic director needed to have a conversation. It's like, do you want one or both or two of your guys fired? Yeah, like I'll, I'll let you make like, that choice. It shouldn't have been like, hey, are we firing somebody? It's like, 
who are we hiring? Yes. Like, there's like no way that like, that like no. that's where the athletic director has to kind of step up and right. control things because it just really feels like Josh is kind of just letting the inmates run, you know, the prison right now. Like it doesn't like I haven't seen him go out there and make a power move. No. You know, and Kenny Payne coming out after the, the, the um, end of the year and saying, you know, I think I have the best coaching staff in America. Why would you say that? And, you know, him just being so, you know, happy-go-lucky about, you know, why would you ask me if my job is on the line? Josh Hurd should have made his seat so damn uncomfortable to where he was like, you know, we're going to get together, we're going to be back. Like, Kenny hasn't shown a sense of urgency, and that to me tells me that your boss is not having hard conversations with you. No. He should because have been putting so much heat on him that he's thinking about like resigning. Absolutely, like, like, like th- there was yeah. just this very Pollyanna right. attitude around right. Kenny Payne all last year, and honestly this year, and that makes me feel like your bosses aren't really making you feel no. the heat. No, for how Not serious this sitch is. That or he just th- doesn't th- care. Is. One of the two, which are equally as bad. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's just like you have to. Th- that's that's your job. Like if I'm not performing at work, my boss is going to let me know. Look. You know, A, B, and C needs to get done. It's not getting done. I'm going to need for you to be a lot better. Right. And that's your job. Like, you want to cash the check, but you're not doing the job. And, like, right now, Hurd looks like a very um, passive guy. Agreed. Like, and that was never something that could be said about Tom Jurich. No. You may not no. have liked the way Tom handled everything, but there was no doubt who was running things. No, yeah, if he wanted something done in December, it would have got done in December. Texter just now says the firing assistant take is stealing off target. I think he did the right thing by letting keep his guys and show that he can he can't run the ship. I mean, that's an interesting point. I think I think I think I do. I will say this though: it goes both ways. Yeah, when you have the worst season in the history of of the program, (laughs) and one of the worst seasons ever for a basketball college basketball team. There's an immediate re- – there has to be an immediate reaction to that. It, it, it's got to be something, right? And it's I all that, that money yeah. you paid him. You can't just fire Kenny after one year. Everyone knew that deep yeah. down. There's no way he was getting fired off one year. He could have won no games. Well, maybe zero games would have been better, and that would have been – Like, I'm sorry, like, Josh Jameson would have been gone. To me, Josh Jameson and Danny Manning should have been gone last year. Right. And that's something that the AD should have said, look, either you can tell them or I can tell them. Right. And you need to figure out who the next guys are going to be. I'm not going to tell you who you have to hire, but I'm going to tell you who's not coming back. Exactly. Like, like just because just because we want to prove that Kenny like can't run the show doesn't mean we need to like self sabotage yeah, and not fire the people that need to be look fired. At the like that, that we've doesn't had really to deal make with this year. Like yeah. you know, I would have much rather him bring in a couple, you know, bring in a couple of veteran coaches, some guys that had some experience. Maybe this year's a lot better. Or maybe we're not sitting here right now. Right. Exactly. Texter says maybe we maybe he shouldn't have waited 22 months to start getting high-level recruits. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have waited. You know, I mean, he's waited on everything. He waited on find, uh, hiring a strength and conditioning coach. He waited on coming to Louisville to get started coaching. He's waited on everything. I mean, just everything has been a hurry-up-and-wait with this staff since the beginning. And I just, like, to me, Josh Hurd has felt like he hasn't done anything. Like, we heard, you know, when Dan McDonald was calling out you know, the, the administration for all the stuff that had not gotten done with the baseball team after promises that were made. We heard about, you know, c- complaints and, and things about, uh, you know, the, the things not being um, equitable within other uh, uh, teams. And it just seems like the coaches have become a lot more outspoken with this new athletic director than it was under the old athletic director. And to me, that shows a lack of leadership in that seat. 
And I'm not saying that Josh is a bad dude, and I'm not saying that he's no. not that he's done a bad job. But it definitely seems like these people are real comfortable throwing it out there. Like there's no fear of that guy at the top that's no. supposed to be your boss. No. And it doesn't feel like he's throwing his weight around. Um, I understand being a young guy, being a new guy, and not wanting to, to you know rock the boat. But I definitely think he needed to be a lot more heavy-handed with his handling of the basketball program because looking at downtown, looking at the fact that I can go out, like literally I, I, everybody knows I love Jock Sports Bar. It's, it's one of the, the spots that I hang out. I watch a lot of games at over on Breckenridge Lane. I go out to Jock's on a Tuesday night, and you have a doubleheader, both L and UK on, and there is no one there. Like I understand that downtown Louisville is suffering. Everywhere in Louisville Everywhere. is suffering. No. You know, nobody's coming out watching games. That's on you too, Josh. No, it did. If you would have went to a rooster, if you went to Roosters ten years ago, whenever Kentucky or U of was playing, it's you, you wouldn't have been able to get a seat, yes. like in a home or away game. Like it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like both teams are on the, the game road. On. Both yeah. teams is on the road. Right. There's no like. There's no game, and I go out. Whether it be, you know, I talked about the fact that on Saturday after I left Wake Up Five Hundred Two a couple weeks ago, when Louisville was playing uh, uh, Boston College on the road. Uh, I went to BW3s, and at noon, I got there probably around 12.30. The Louisville game was not on a single TV in the whole restaurant. It, it's it's like, that doesn't even feel like, that feels like a dream. Like, that right? doesn't even feel real. Like, it's the fact crazy. that we're having this conversation is so crazy. Like, I had to ask the woman to turn, can you turn <laughs> on the Louisville basketball game, please? I mean, that's just, that's a foreign language. Like, that's, that's unreal. That's on Josh Hurd. Like, it's, it's, it's on Kenny, but it's on Josh, too, because if you, you know, made, like, I understand letting a coach be who he is, and that's one of the things that Mike always says. You can't hire a coach to not be who he is. But you still need to strongly suggest that you make moves. And then when you have the opportunity to add two additional bench coaches and all you do is elevate one of the video coordinators and elevate um, uh, Milt Wagner yeah, instead of bringing in new coaches, that's a slap in the face to the fan base. And to me, that shows that Hurd has zero input, which means what are you doing? Like, I'm gonna, I'm starting to look at Josh Hurd the same way I look at Josh Jameson. What do you do? Right. No, and rightfully so. Because, I mean, it's like, how do you like, – I, like I said earlier in the show, I don't understand how you have our worst season in history and you don't make a single change to the staff. You know, I mean – It's I almost just, like we were – I don't understand what we were expecting. I just – I don't understand. Like, everybody likes to, to enjoy the spoils of war – you know, when, you know, in peacetime when everything is good. But right now is not the time for that. Right now is the time for leadership, and leadership has been lacking for the last 12 months, in my personal opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that has to change. Uh, sorry, I got on my soapbox, Roman. I apologize. What else we got on text line? <laughs> You're all good. You're all good. Texter says on the 502-414-1450 Thornton's text line, five All-Americans wouldn't do anything to bring more fans into the young because we know what KP's coaching coaching abilities are. Roman says surely five All Americans could win fifteen to seventeen games, but a competent coach would have won that many games with this year's roster. That's true. Not I wrong. can't disagree. I've, I've been saying I've been saying on uh, on Wake Up Five Hundred Two on Saturdays a couple times now. If 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 he could get this team to just defend like a Division One team, there's enough offensive talent to go win that many games. Honestly, yeah, I know I agree with you. I mean, like if Louisville could just be a normal bad defensive team and not a joke, 
then they would have more wins than they have now. They would probably have 12, 13, 14 wins. They'd probably have that many without a coach, honestly. If they yeah. just told them, like, go play basketball, don't lose, yeah. play pickup ball. Like, they might have won 14 games, 15 just, games. Like, the, the, like, you could literally have, like, I don't know, if they had, like, a contest where, like, the fans could, like, put in a raffle to see which no. fans coach for the game. <laughs> I think that Louisville would have had a better record last year than 428. <laughs> Like right. literally, Digging right, cause it and goes that's slow. that's sad. Like yeah. like that's like that's sad because like the the fact that I am dead serious in that. Like I don't think that anybody could have done worse than four and twenty eight no. with with the roster they had last year. No, it's just a rudimentary understanding of like basketball and strategy. Like anybody, it's unbelievably. Bad. There's there's middle school coaches here in the city I would rather have than Kenny Payne right now. <laughs> 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 like literally but oh. I, i'm i'm gonna leave him alone y'all. y'all y'all got me fired up on a monday i'm sorry the bozich article has me in a mood y'all oh, the bozich article has me in a mood i'm i'm a little annoyed you know mike mike is one of those guys that always tries to be nice but then also be firm in his stance i'm just mean so i apologize because like i have to go to the game and cover this mess like, I am thankful my son plays basketball, and I've been able to go and watch Holy Cross basketball games rather than being in the Yum Center game after game. But, like, the fact that I have to sit through that, I almost feel sad because, like, the Louisville fans to go out, man, give yourselves a hand and take about y'all are loud, you all are passionate, you all still care. I give a shout-out to my dad all the time because he is one of those folks that still every game gets nervous and really wants to see the team do well, I can't invest that much emotion anymore. But, you know, I hate it for you all just as much as anything. It almost makes me angrier that you have people out there that still have that much passion, and then they got to go out there and watch that crap. You know, when you go out there and you lose by 22 at home to Notre Dame, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to see a Rick Bosich article on Saturday. I love you, Rick, but no. You need to just take that and just hit the delete button, bruh. Just no. don't don't do it. Don't even put out an article. No. Like do anything. Like uh, like do do something on on. I don't know if you like to cook or gardening, but let's just have a gardening article. Let's not do a Kenny Payne article. Like anything, please, but, please. Like just wait until at least there's another game. <laughs> but I it just that article put me in a mood that I have been in when I saw it come out. I was like, no, we did not just do this again. No. It's like, a, it almost felt like felt like Nolan Smith's cameo tweet. It was like, how are you so tone deaf right now? Like, I don't understand. Just read the room. <laughs> read the room. Like, I don't want to hear about any more NBA Africa prospects. I don't want to hear about, like, I just, like, I just, I can't. I, you know, when Churchill Abbas is up there doing literally nothing with the ball and that, you know, Manny is only good for five to seven minutes before he fouls out of any game. Like, I just, I can't do that anymore. It's it's terrible. Uh, what else we got on there, Ron? Texter says good morning or good afternoon. Wake up five hundred two main event on the Mike Show. I think KP told Bozich to write the article. Agreed. <laughs> I also need Roman's big X big picks today. <laughs> I hey. knew that was my man hey. is on fire on parlays. Me and Trey will uh, will have some picks yes, for you sir. all in the last hour for sure for nice. sure. And then lastly, they said I took Nate Oates off the board, but I'm a Jay Wright man. There you hey, go. Why, why'd you take Nate Oates off the board? Take, let us know why you took Nate Oates off. Because I mean, he you, you, got you, bobbed at Kentucky. Yeah, I get it. But you, you lose Kentucky by you get dubbed Kentucky. up by Kentucky. That's that's gonna rub that's a lot. That's a of deal breaker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Texter wrong. also says thirty minutes later, East Coast versus West Coast. 
Oh yeah, the the, the rivalry of uh, yes, uh, the the Bozich versus Crawford is definitely East Coast West Coast uh, like that like you know what I'm saying I don't know if if Bozich is wearing blue in into the office and and Crawford's wearing red or, you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying hey <laughs> And I don't know if it's it's, it's gotten that, that bad yet, but you know, definitely a little a little WDRB is a is a more uncomfortable workplace these days, I'd say. <laughs> UK will beat Grand Canyon uh, or whoever by forty points in the first round, puff their chest, and then lose to Northwestern in the second round and want to fire Cal again. Yeah, I could very well see that. Hundred percent. Like that, I'm telling you, like that's that's the future for UK. They're gonna lose to like Jamie Dixon. I'm telling you. Like they're gonna lose to somebody who likes to play physical. Do they? Who they may lose to Mick Cronin. Like how how interesting would that be if if That'd UCLA turns it around, finds a way to get that ten seed, you know, and you have like a ten seven matchup. UK is That'd a seven so seed awesome. and then loses to UCLA. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> I would love that. I mean, I'd love for him to lose to anybody, but yeah, that would be funny. That would be hilarious. Texter yeah. says, "I feel like the hire is going to be someone who very people are very few people are talking about." Someone like Shaka, Olsenberger, Sean Miller. Am I crazy? No. No. I, um, I think that that's one of the things about this year is, like, Chris Mack was the, the known guy, right? right, right. Like, and, it, you know, even though I don't think we knew that Rick Pitino was going to be the guy back when Denny left, um, he was still the, the number one target. That's the one interesting thing about – the coaching search this year is that it's the flavor of the month. Like, I don't think there's any rock solid guys. I think that Scott Drew is, you know, would be um, unanimously liked, but there are some people that even think that Scott Drew isn't the best hire, you right. know, yeah. like that there's nobody like, I think outside of Jay Wright, like Jay Wright, everybody would be right. like, Oh, yeah. absolutely. But you know, with him being uh, seemingly very comfortable in retirement, doing the television thing, um, I think that's the interesting thing about the hire, but that's also what makes me nervous. That's why I say that you have to go out there and get a guy that I that know that you know can win and that you know can do well. I, me and Trey were talking during one of the previous breaks, and I was telling him a guy that I really like, even though I think the Louisville fans would hate it, and I think that uh, you know it would not be received with any sort of fanfare is Steve Forbes. Like Steve Forbes at Wake Forest is a hell of a coach. Like he's not exciting. I mean, he's not even a guy who's really known for, you know, doing anything big time in recruiting. He's done uh, some very good things with transfers. He's got uh, Hunter Salas from uh, Gonzaga, and, you know, Hunter's killing it there. He's done very good. Uh, I, I, what was the kid, kid, the guy from last year? I think it was uh, Adonis Williams or – can't remember the, the young man's first name. Uh, but, you know, he's done very good in the transfer portal. His teams always win. He You know, year in and year out, he does very well. He gets – the most out of his guys. I think that he, a guy like him would kill it there because, to me, the most important thing is knowing a guy knows the X's and O's. Right. You know, a guy who knows how to coach. Like, at Louisville, to me, it's more about the substance. Like, that was my whole thing with Kenny Payne in the, to begin with. Everybody wants to talk about Kenny Payne gets dudes. I'm like, the University of Louisville wasn't built on dudes. The University of Louisville was built on having a coach that knew how to coach and him making the most out of talent that he had. When Denny Crum was dominating in the 80s, it wasn't because Louisville just had all the best players. That was North Carolina. That was UCLA. You know, that was a lot of other teams not named Louisville. Louisville got guys that worked. They had dogs. You know what I'm saying? Going all the way back to when Denny first got the job in 72, Louisville was built on dogs. Right. And that's what, it, you know, when Rick got here, it wasn't about Rick having the best recruits. Rick had 
dudes that had that PhD, that poor, hungry, driven attitude. Give me a bunch of dogs. We're going to play defense. We're going to wear your tail out, and let's see if you're still standing at the end. Right. He's, not, he's not just looking for like, the best dude. He's looking for the best fit, and he's looking yes. for, like, people that, like you said, dogs. Hey, people just, that are going to, like, grind every day. You give day me dogs, and, like, and I'll yeah, put right. a team together. Right. I'll figure exactly. out what you guys do take care well. Of yourself, right. Yeah, right. like that. Like so, that's that to me. That's where I'm different. Like I know Forbes would not get anybody excited, and I'm not even saying that he's a candidate for the job. You know, I mean, even guys like Will Wade. Like I've had people ask me about Will Wade. Will Wade's a dude that is is a very tricky conversation because of everything that went on with the, uh, you know, with the um, FBI stuff. Right. But Will Wade's a good coach. Will okay, Wade's yeah. won everywhere yeah. he's been. You know, what I'm saying right now he's winning at McNeese State. Like, right. like that. That's one of those. He's a guy who I know can coach. And at Louisville, you have everything you need. You never have to worry about being able to get talent. You never have to worry about NIL. You never have to worry about fan support. You never have to worry about um, support from administration. You know, Louisville no. basketball is the show for this university. So it's to me, it's more about getting a guy that you know can coach his tail off. And if you get that, everything else is gonna fall into place. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I do agree with the texture as well. I mean, I think Shaka Smart is a bigger candidate for the job than people give him credit for. I mean, I, I mean absolutely. Oh, will, I would take Shaka I mean, in a heart. I mean, will he leave Marquette? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, but he's, I mean, he's I from Wisconsin. That, like, so, yeah. I doubt. I mean, who knows if he'll leave there or not? But yeah. I do think that he um, is more in the talks than people talk about. And all you think. Auburn fans that, that, that are out there, because I know some of y'all Auburn fans mm-hmm. still listen to Mike, let me tell y'all something. I still stand behind the fact that if Louisville offered Bruce Pearl the job, Bruce Pearl would walk from yeah. Auburn, Alabama to Louisville, Kentucky. He'd so yeah. no one cares about Auburn basketball, okay? No. So I don't want to hear that mess. I Like like me, last year when Kenny Payne was going through all this stuff, because Bruce Pearl was on the list, I had so many Auburn basketball people they didn't think blowing up my mention. Yeah. Come on. Because it's like, dude. Come on. Please. Come on, dude. Like, Pearl come would on. walk to Louisville. Come on. Please. Come really. On. I don't know if there's anybody in the SEC that would, wouldn't walk to Louisville. Maybe, Outside but, of Cal. I mean, maybe I mean maybe Chris Beard because he's only been there for a year. But other than oh, that. Oh, Chris Beard would walk to Louisville. You too. think so, like, even right now? Let me like, tell you something about Chris Beard. Chris Beard is going to go wherever. I don't Yeah, even like, one year. Like, I mean, to me, just, absolutely. You think so? I mean, absolutely. I yeah. If Louisville came with Colin, like, I don't feel – like, I, like Jeff Brown was a guy who was in a very special situation at Purdue, and there was a lot going on around that. And while it is poor form to, in your first year leave, I just don't feel that – like, Chris Beard, to me, feels like a dude that's going to be like, yeah. Like, if he really had that sentimental thing, he wouldn't have went from Texas Tech to Texas. You, I mean, you, you, know, you make a good point there. You know there. what I mean? You make a good point there. But it's like, just like – It just doesn't feel like he's going to be like, you know, yeah. really, I really don't want to leave – Oh maybe not, but like they did. They, I mean, there is something to be said for them giving him a chance after all the stuff happened. And Absolutely, like, you know what I mean? oh so yes. He, he may show a shred of loyalty to them in that Absolutely. regard. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, you are right. I mean, I think that he wants to be back in big time basketball. But at the same time, and he, I, mean, I think Louisville's just one of those teams that you just yeah. can't. I mean, it's just like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. The job doesn't come open that often. And yes. like, regardless of where we are right now, I mean, there's not too many jobs hey, that are better. So I'm I mean, telling you. Hey, well, I tell you what, we. To, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna hit this next break. I know. I know, Roman. I know, Roman. I know. I'm, I'm going to break. When we come back, we got more of y'all text to get to, and we have much, much more to get into. Louisville women's basketball had a tough time of it yesterday, uh, going down to defeat. Want to talk about that? We also want to talk about got a couple of pro daughters coming to the city. 
to play for the Lady Cards. So we're going to talk about that much, much more. You'll listen to Mike Rutherford's show, Rashawn Myers, Trey Ryan, producer Roman, taking care of you. We'll be back on the Big X. And welcome back, welcome back in. Uh, rolling through, man. This is this day has gone by way too fast. I ain't even been able to really get into. I feel like I've been fussing about the same stuff, and this is, we already an hour and a half into the show. Crazy. We more than halfway done. I, I, I ain't I ain't got comfortable in the chair yet, <laughs> man. I appreciate you guys uh, checking in, uh, giving the text. Y'all are like my favorite texters in the whole wide world. And you know, even regardless of whether you agree we agree with me or not, I see a text on here that tells me I have a bad take coming. I want Roman to read that one for me before we get to any other takes, just because I, I like it when somebody tells me that I'm wrong about something. Like, I, I enjoy those the most. <laughs> like, I, I, I like to argue with people. Like, I, I'm just na- naturally an argumentative person. I don't know why that is, but, you know, I, I like the, uh, you know, the, the di- dynamics the of The sake of, of debate. Takes. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but I tell you what, before we get right back to the text line, I did want to bring up, I was watching uh, the, the uh, Louisville women's game uh, last night. Uh, or yesterday afternoon, uh, they they played at noon, taking on uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, you know Louisville. Louisville's having some issues right now. Um, I don't really know what it is. I almost look at what's going on with the women's team, and I I very much so compare it, um, very similar to the issues going on with Rick Pitino at St. John's. Like, when I watch uh, UofL play right now, it really just seems like – excuse me, not Pittsburgh, Virginia. Um, uh, it really feels to me like the same issue that Rick has with having a lot of transfers, uh, having a bunch of players that don't really understand the culture and really understand um, what it takes to play Louisville basketball. It's kind of what he's dealing with on top of the yeah. fact that I don't know if they have that one superstar guard. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it feels to me like in the post and defensively, they have some pretty decent players, but they don't have that Haley or, you know, that Dana Evans or that Shoney Schimmel uh, or that Asia Durr. They don't have like that. Usually Louisville's going to have that one guard that's just usually better than everybody else. And that kind of puts everybody else into roles to where they don't have to carry the team. Like, that's the one thing about this team that they just don't seem to have. They don't have that, give me the ball, get out of the way, I'm going to get by my first, you know, I'm going to get by my man, and then everything else is going to open up because of what I can do. And it just feels like they don't necessarily have that. I honestly think that's the biggest issue with St. John's. And, and you know, I know Rick is talking, singing Kumbaya after – uh, getting the win yesterday, but kind of similar situation. Like, I just don't think that St. John's necessarily has that one guard that can just take over. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of his guys are good number twos or number threes, and I think that's the same thing with UofL. I think that everybody who uh, Coach Walls has at his, at his disposal right now are good number twos or number threes, but it doesn't feel like they have a true number one league guard, and it's killing them. Um, and, and that's where it's just come down to grinding. They aren't necessarily 
the quickest defensively, uh, and I think that kind of hurts them. But, I mean, Walls, he's taken teams that weren't necessarily classically good and been able to turn those into Sweet 16 Elite Eights. I mean, he's been in, what, the last seven Elite Eights, I think, seven or eight. Something like that. Yeah, like he's he's been in the Elite Eight time in and time out. Um, so I'm not putting it past them that once they get out of conference play and start playing some teams from, you know, uh, other conferences that they can turn around and make something happen. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I don't – I don't think that this is just I, – I, I just don't think that this team has it. Now, that being said, however, while this year it looks a little murky and this year it looks like they it may uh, have a, le- a lot left to be desired – um, I do think that help is definitely coming. Uh, they had the uh, the honor of getting a commitment from uh, McKenna Randolph, uh, you know, who is the, the daughter of Zach Randolph, former NBA player. Uh, and this is coming off the, the commitment of uh, Izzy Arenas, who also uh, committed a, a back about a month ago. Um, so it seems like after the experiment of kind of doing just the transfer portal last year, um, that Coach Walls is seeing the value and just bringing in just pure talent. Um, you know, and while that's not a knock on uh, any of these folks, whether it be Sidney Taylor, Jada Curry, um, you know, or, or any of the girls that came over via transfer, um, I think that he is looking to get that star power back, especially um, at the guard and at the wing. Gilbert Arenas' daughter yes. and Zebo's daughter? Yes, he got Zebo and Gilbert Arenas' daughter, both of them. Wow. Daughters of, of big-time NBA players. Yeah, that's major. Those those are girls that are planning to go to the next level, too. So. Yes. Yeah, so, no, I, I think that, you know, that's two huge gets. Um, you know, uh, she was uh, Zebo's daughter was one of the highest-rated uh, recruits out there left remaining. Um, you know, she seems like she's uh, definitely on the fast track to be a McDonald's All-American, so – um, you know, I, I think that definitely um, the signs of where, you know, Louisville, Louisville women's ball ain't going nowhere. Like This seems like this may – they may have taken a bit of a step back. Uh, and last year necessarily wasn't the greatest season. Um, they did, of, of course, end up making it to an Elite Eight before they got knocked off by Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark in Iowa. Um, but, you know, it definitely seems like they have things rolling in the right direction. Uh, so I will say that. So, hey. You know, look, look, you know, look, the the fans of the women's uh, team. You know, I know you all are a little bit annoyed and perturbed, and I know I was after watching that game against Virginia because they absolutely deserved to lose that game. They just could not get out of their own way. They could not get enough stops. They did not take care of the ball. Um, I will say, help is definitely coming. Um, so you know, I, I'm excited about it. So, uh, you know, just just. Yeah, just just relax. Everybody, chill out. It's it's, it's gonna be all right. You know, Coach Coach Walls is definitely not gonna sit. He, uh, it was the first time that they had lost back to back games, I believe, to unranked teams at home. Uh, you know, and I think uh, what Coach Walls it may have been the first time they had lost back to back home games. Period. I think that actually, I think that was the stat. Was it was their first time ever? Losing. I was gonna say it's definitely since the Yum Center has yeah, been did around. You see, did you see him after the his post game? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was fired. He was fired. And I don't blame. Him. Hey, because he, I do. I think he's frustrated because I think he understands that he just, they just don't necessarily have the horses. You know, yeah. like these these young ladies are good and they have they've scored a lot of points in their careers and, and they are yeah. really good players, but you just don't have that extra gear. 
You know, they just don't have that. I saw a few tweets saying, "Give him, just go ahead and give him the keys to the boys' locker room too." I mean, I would not be mad at that at all. But oh, and the other good part, part of the good news that they got yesterday, Olivia Cochran announced on Facebook that she is coming back for her COVID year. Wow! So even though you know she could go ahead and graduate, yeah, she's coming back. So Olivia's coming back. So that's guaranteed. You're gonna have Jada Curry back. You're gonna have Olivia Cochran back. You know, you're adding. Um, five high-quality uh, freshmen as well uh, for next year. So, I mean, hey. hey You're going to probably start a few of those freshmen too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you what, Izzy Arenas isn't rated as highly as uh, as Randolph, but Izzy can can get she buckets. Can, yeah, Anybody yeah. who knows her daddy know, knows the Agent Zero was no joke <laughs> on that court. Is uh, Randolph's daughter, what position is she? Uh, she's more of a uh, – yeah, uh, she's, like right. she's a lot like um, – She's more like Nala Harris, kind of a power wing. Okay. You know, she goes about 6'1", you know, is, is kind of, you know, she's just like her daddy, kind of the slightly undersized but real strong. She's kind of like a uh, wing version of uh, Olivia Cochran. So, okay. you know, how Cochran's not your traditional center. No, not at You know, all. but she's just super powerful and very crafty. Um, Randolph's the same way. Like, you get her that ball on that wing, uh, she's going to make something happen. Right. So, you know, I, I think that that's what you can look forward to. You're going to be adding a ton of talent. Uh, they have a really good recruiting class coming in. So uh, I know that Louisville is still in on the number one player overall in the class. Can't remember the young lady's name, uh, but she's kind of kept her recruitment she, on the hush. The one from here or no? Is no, she, no, no, that, that's she's for she's 2025. Yeah, she's a junior. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. She, she's uh, for 2025. But, no, the actual number one overall recruit, like I said, I can't remember the young lady's uh, name. But she has not. She basically has not done any sort of like interviews or a lot of talking yeah, about it. Yeah. But you know, if, if you were to ask who's on her list, of course, you're talking about Louisville, Baylor, UConn. You know, the the usually Notre yeah, Dame, right. the usual suspects. But um, you know, there's there's thoughts that she she may want to, you know, wear that red hey, and black. So who knows? You know, I mean, it's I'll say that to have a couple of famous commitments doesn't necessarily hurt because it makes it look like hey look you sure you don't want you know got some big stuff going on here so we'll see i mean this is about that time i mean jeff walsh usually gets him a megastar commitment about once every four years so you know he had Haley van lift four years ago so you know it's about that time i mean you had four years before that you had asia durr and four years before that or excuse me you had dana evans and before evans you had asia durr and you know shawnee shimmel before that and then you know, uh, Angel before that. So, you know, going back, that's been the tradition hey. is you get that mega superstar. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, uh, you know, did did want to say that, you know, got to give some love to, to uh, the women's team. Y'all know that, like, when it comes to basketball, man, and I tell uh, Roman the same thing, like, I love anything. It doesn't matter whether it's the, yeah. the, the women, the men. I watch it all. I support it all. Um, so, you know, especially considering that's the only basketball team worth anything right, <laughs> right. now. I, I watch all those games and get unnecessarily angry. I was so annoyed yesterday. Uh, it was it was a little ridiculous. But, Ron, what we got on, on the text line? I know we got some some more texts. What's this uh, text talking about I was wrong about? Yeah, something? so we got two. The next two texts are kind of about the same topic here. Okay. One One's kind of agreeing with you. Okay. One's obviously thinking that you're on the wrong end. Yeah, yeah give me the negative here. one first. Can I have the negative one first? You don't want the positive one first? Absolutely not. No, I love negativity. All right. So. I like to argue. Back to the herd take of how we were how we were talking about Josh and his, yes. uh, his okay. what we felt like he needed to do upon year one. Texter says. Those are bad takes for Sean. If Josh is doing Kenny's job for him, then why have Kenny? Hey, he's let Kenny show that he can't do his job. 
Now that Kenny has shown he can't, it's time for Josh to do his, and that is coming shortly. Once he does that, then we can review. If Josh nails this higher, then you're not going to care about all this small stuff a year from now. I mean, that's fair. No. Yeah. I, I think fair. that's that's a fair take, but like I said, the reason why Josh Hurd needed to step in and do something last year, like I said, if Kenny was going to keep his job, because don't get it twisted, Kenny deserved to be fired last year. 100%. Like, that, that's without a doubt. But if Kenny was not going to get fired, then it was Josh's job, in my opinion, to advise Kenny that you need to make changes because what can't happen is anything close to what this is next year. That should have been the conversation that Josh Hurd had with Kenny in – Honestly, the end of the January, like it, like we are, he could have had that conversation the end of December, honestly, of last year, to where what's happening right now can't happen next year. And I think that's part of Herd's job is like, what do you mean? Like, if I'm not performing up to snuff at work, my boss isn't going to say, well, you know, I need to let you just sit here and suck for yeah two years before I say anything. No, that's not Josh's job. Just yeah, because no. he's not coming out and making statements in the public eye doesn't mean he's having conversations, difficult conversations and tough conversations with his coaches about expectations and what needs to happen. And considering that Louisville is the flagship program of, uh, you know, Louisville basketball is the flagship program of the University of Louisville, those are conversations that should be gone going. And it felt like a whole lot of coddling, if I'm be honest with you. It felt like a whole lot of, Coddling and all, oh, well, Kenny said it's going to be okay and a lot of patting on the head and treating Kenny like he's some child, not a coach, making $3.5 million a year. Like, I don't want a head-pat coach. This is University of Louisville basketball. We don't pat heads. So if the coach is not living up to the ideal and he fell – I mean, you didn't even get – you didn't get on the on, in the same city as the ideal of what Louisville basketball is. Like, I don't know where you were no. last year, no, but that's no. not Louisville basketball. You was in Pepperdine. Yeah, right? Like, literally, you're on the other side of the country. So, like, uh, when you're not even in the same area code, zip code, state, as the expectations that we have as a program, that's when difficult conversations need to be had with your boss to be like, no, you need to do something. Because it needed to be, if Kenny Payne was going to bring back this whole same group, then I feel like it should have been a conversation like, if you bring back everybody else and it looks like this again, all of y'all are gone. Everybody. And that should have been the conversation. But I, like I said, from the from the at the comfortability level of Kenny Payne and how he's spoken about everything and the way he's talked, it doesn't feel like that pressure is being put on him by the AD's department. The text, this texture also says within that take there, agreed, change has to happen. I, a texter said... I'm reading a text from today, and that same text I'm trying to find here, they said a m something about a month ago that says, I'm a thousand percent. So the texter that said, uh, maybe he shouldn't have waited 22 months to start getting high level recruits, that same texter from earlier in the segment, said a month ago, I'm a thousand percent convinced that KP was told he was going to be fired in December. Everything he has done since then, from bringing in Knox to starting walk ons every game since, just shows he doesn't give a crap. Maybe do you think that that has something to do with it? Maybe he's known all along, like from a from an earlier point in this season, that he was done at the end of this year. I don't get that sense from him, like because anybody who like I, I mean maybe Kenny is just a dude that's just happy go lucky and he's never gonna let anything get him down. But like I said, his comments after the season, like when he's at the uh, you know at, at the end of the year and people are asking Kenny. 
you know, do you think you're going to keep your job? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why would that even be a consideration? Like, and then when he says, well, is there going to be any changes made to your coach staff? And he's like, I think I have the best. Once again, I don't know why you would say that. I think I have the best coaching staff. Like, to me, when he's speaking that way, that feels like the athletic director's department has not had made any him words feel otherwise. for him. And that's where I'm saying, like, if you're not even having conversations, then what are you doing? Like, that's – to me, the AD's whole job is when you have your athletic departments and they're underperforming, you're having conversations about, man, what is going on and what's happening. Like, this can't happen. And when you're losing money hand over fist, that those are conversations that feels like they need to be had. So I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying that Josh Hurd needs to come out and speak to us, but Kenny just has seemed to be too comfortable. Other texter said about that topic, in regards mm-hmm. to KP, Hurd is a puppet. The decision about KP's employment has been over his head from the start. I mean, that could be, I mean, yeah. I mean, I he, he had very little choice in hiring Kenny Payne from the way it feels from the beginning. So, I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, even if you've hired, even if you are, your hand has been forced to hire someone, it is still your job to manage that coach. We gotta know when to pull the trigger. With you know, even and it's just or... whether it's throwing out suggestions, whether it's saying, "Okay, getting to going to practices and seeing what these other coaches are doing and saying, what's he doing?" Because, like, I mean, you know, like if if like just to use my example of of my job, like if my if my departments are suffering that I manage, then my boss is going to go and they're going to start getting in there and seeing what's going on. Okay, what's going on with this group? Why are they having an issue? What's going on with this group? Why are they having an issue? Like. Josh Hurd does it does not feel like Josh Hurd has really gotten hands on with this whole situation. It's kind of been like just hoping Kenny's gonna get better. And like, well, maybe he's gonna work it out. He said that he's gonna get more recruits. So I ain't got nothing to do with it. Like, you can't like I just I don't know what you're being paid for. Like it just it just feels like it's been a very hands-off approach. So I, I that that is the only thing I'll say about it. It's like I just it does not feel like the athletic director has been proactive. Yes, he may not have had a lot of say in hiring him, but I think that definitely it feels like he could have done more to manage him as his employee because Kenny Payne is his employee. And when your department is not up to snuff and you're costing the, uh, I mean, what what they say the shortfall was? Um, they were $11 million under in season ticket sales or something. Like that, they were performing, uh, you know, at, at a eleven million dollar deficit from what was expected in terms of season tickets, and that's not counting the financial impact of, you know, all of the drink sales, food sales, mer- merchandising Apparel, at yeah, games, everything. as well as all of the businesses around there. Um, like when that's happening and you're losing money hand over fist, that's when you have to like, I don't know, be pushy. Be pushy. Like, it just it just feels like it's been a kind of a handoff and we're just going to let Kenny just do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Texas, like, says, go ahead, Texas says, Rashawn, we all know he was only allowed to finish the year because of Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Junior's got, Junior has a big pocketbook. But let me tell you something. I'm just going to be honest with you. I would hope that if Junior is really about what's best for the University of Louisville, then – what needs to happen is going to happen. And and if Kenny was able to keep his job and stay here because of Junior Bridgman or because of any of the other, um, you know, boosters, that's fine and good, fine. 
you know, let him stay. I honestly liked it better that Kenny did not lose his job just because I like um, – I like the fact that, you know, you're not going to have some interim come in and, you know, catch lightning in a bottle, and now we're having to talk about hiring an interim. Um, so, you know. And welcome back in. Welcome back in. Last hour of the show, Mike Rutherford Show here, Rashawn Myers. Uh, producer Roman, Trey Ryan taking care of you on a beautiful Monday uh, first two hours have flown by. Uh, you know, I, I know Mike normally will come back in and uh, reset the conversation, but I feel like we've had the the, the conversation du jour coming up. Uh, you know that we've been kind of going back and forth with it, but I know we uh, reset the audience for the five uh, the five p.m. hour. So definitely want to get back into that. Thank you for everybody texting. If you want to get involved, five zero two four one four. 1450 the Thorns text line. Make sure you go to any of the 82,653, uh, you know, Thornton's locations for the best in gas, goodies, grubs, donuts, you know what I'm saying, tacos on a, on a stick or whatever else they got in there. They got everything at Thornton's, uh, fresh sandwiches, subs, slushies, you know, they got it all. Uh, so make sure you check out Thornton's for all all your uh, goodies and, and uh, all that good stuff. But uh, I tell you what, man, we're, we're going to – I do want to rehash this. And, and one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys about, and we talked about the age being a factor, um, you know, with the coach. In my personal opinion, I said that, you know, with the whole Kenny Payne thing, um, you know, Rick Bozich talking about the recruiting aspect of it, and if these recruits came, that would be a part of it. I personally, A, don't think age should be a factor. I personally think that the age – thing of it to me it's more about getting the the higher right than it is worrying about how old the coach is um and on the flip side of it while rick bose is just talking about this recruiting a first of all i'm tired of the recruiting stuff it was dj and aaron bradshaw before he got the job it was sky clark and you know whoever he could get in the you know trenton flowers the second time around and now they're trying to talk about carter knox and these kids from nba africa um and speaking of which, I don't. Did you see the Trilly Donovan interview with the with not. the kid from NBA Africa? I, not, no. uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Sano something. It's a, it's got a very uh, odd name. Uh, but Trilly Donovan, and I love the fact that Trilly Donovan is so invested in keeping yeah. his secret of who he is yeah, that yeah. when he did the video, he did one of those voice changers. Did he really? He had okay. like the voice changer was wearing like a hood, so it's like. This is Trudy Donovan. <laughs> yeah, it was so odd because it looks funny. like the kid's like in a hostage video. It's like yeah. really dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's interviewing the kid, and one. then I believe this is one of the kids that were um, mentioned in the Bozich article. But when the kid talked about the teams and the schools that are really looking at him, he did mention Louisville. So I thought really? that was interesting that, you know, we're trying to just use these kids, um, you know, to – barter for Kenny's job and you have one of the kids do an interview just happens to do an interview with Trilly and didn't even mention Louisville yeah. so you know it just it, it is very interesting but I, the one thing that I, I said um and, and I would love to, to hear you guys opinions of that with the coach what are the primary prerequisites for that job and I don't think that recruiting should be one of them I think that the biggest thing is Louisville basketball was built on coaching Louisville basketball was built on coaches that knew how to coach. It was more about the X's and O's. It was more about the game planning. It was more about, uh, you know, the scheme and, and understanding what wins and understanding how to play good defensive basketball and then making it work with what you had in terms of the parts offensively and, uh, you know, in terms of talent. It was about more about 
getting those dogs in the program and then putting that team together based on who you're able to get. I don't think that you should hire a coach because, you know, he can go out there and get kids. Like, that's a mentality of – that's like early, or you know, 2010s mentality for coaching and recruiting. Like, with the transfer portal and with the way it goes now, like, no one cares about brand-new recruits. Like, yes, it's going to be awesome that Cooper Flagg is going to be there at Duke. I'm sure they're super excited about that. But, like, outside of a couple of kids, most of the impact guys are transfer kids now. Like, that's right. where it comes. Like, look look at Hunter Salas. I mean, the impact that he's made at Wake Forest has been tremendous. And Wake Forest is probably going to go to the NCAA tournament because of having, he, you know, him and transfers like him as part of their program. So that whole recruiting chops of being able to bring in freshmen, you have to kind of get yourself out of that mentality because – Freshman ain't where it's at no more. You know, yes, you have to have some guys that you bring up through your program, guys like a Mike James, guys like a J.J. Trainer, uh, guys like Caleb Glenn that you can have hold over and be the foundation. But a lot of those key parts now are going to be transferred. Right. Like, so you have to understand that. So I, I don't think the elite recruiter guy – I don't think that's a thing anymore. No. Because I just don't think freshmen are as important. No, not whenever you can just – somebody else can just break out a checkbook and they can just negate all the recruiting that you did. It yeah. just It just doesn't – it just doesn't matter as much as it used to. Yeah. It's I mean, just not as big an advantage anymore. It's, it's just, just not. It's just a different world that is, we live yeah. in. So, I mean, that's why, to me, you have to have a coach that can go out there and – you know, that has the X's and O's acumen, that he can go out there and put a quality product out there, and then you're just going to bring in the recruits to work around it. You know, you bring in as many high-talented recruits as you can, but you have a coach that knows what he's doing. It's much more important that you have a guy who knows what he's doing and knows how to get it done from a strategic perspective. Like, that's where your money is going to be made, and that's where your bread is going to be buttered. That's my personal opinion. Um, I'd love to hear your opinions at 502-414-1450. I need to know the prerequisites. I'm not necessarily – I mean, if you want to give me a name, I know that, uh, you know, we, we had Kelvin Sampson guy uh, te- uh, text in, and I love Kelvin Sampson. He's the guy who speaks to that because they, they don't get the best talent at no. Houston. No. But guess what? Kelvin Sampson knows how to put together right. a team. Did you see uh, we got mentioned in a tweet? Oh, oh did we? Uh, uh, Rob, Rob Holmes uh, adding at us, tweeting at us. Uh, oh, did he? Bring, okay. Bring well, Mick, what's, he's bringing – he just wants us – I mean, he just said bring Mick. Mick is the pick. pick, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, hey. Yeah. So, shout out to him. But yeah. I, Absolutely. You know, yeah. bring Rob home, guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you're my dude. I appreciate you. I appreciate all your energy. You know, your whole Mick is the pick uh, campaign has been a rough one. It's been up and yeah. down. But right now it's starting to gain a little steam because Mick has been better. Um, I respect him. I'll say better, you know. Like I I don't, I don't, you know. I I am not a big fan of Mick Cronin. Um, you know, he's just a little angry man who just, you know, is just the he's he's funny. He's he's like Chris Mack light. Like I I, when I look at Cronin, like Cronin and Mack are like two sides of the, you know, different sides of the same coin. Like it's the same. They're kind of the same dude. Like if you did if. You were, you know, people wanted to kind of distance themselves from Chris Mack, especially after everything that happened. Like, I, I, to me, it feels like Mick Cronin would be like just redoing Chris Mack a little bit. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, like, I agree. I, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like you said; they're kind of sim- similar dudes for sure. So. Now, don't get it twisted. Like, if he came, I'd be fine with especially, him. And especially if there is truth, because people say, I mean, you know, that whole loop thing, loophole thing with his contract, right? Them twisting. If that, if that whole thing is true, then 
I mean, I could definitely get talked into yeah. him being our next coach. Like, but, I know Mick can coach. Mick right, can coach. exactly. You know he can coach. And it's just like, if that buyout wasn't so expensive, I'd be probably more inclined to think about it. But yeah. it's just like, if you do have to pay that much money, it's just yeah, like. Yeah, no. No, absolutely. No, if I, if no. I'm paying that much money, I'm getting me a better coach than Mick Cronin. No, I, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm right there with <laughs> like, you. I'm right there with you. You know. But I'm, at the same time, I could get talked into it. Yeah, could, absolutely. No, yeah. I, I mean. You know, with th- that's the one thing I will say is that when I talk about Mick Cronin and that not being a guy that would necessarily be in my favorites list, it's not because he's a bad coach. It's just that no. I prefer other coaches better. It's kind of like my conversation when I tell people that I don't think LeBron is the GOAT or even number two. I think LeBron's around number five or number six. And people look at me like I'm crazy. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a diss. Like, how many people have played basketball? And I think he's one of the five or six to – best ever to do it that's right. not a yeah. that's not a slight that is definitely a compliment i just don't have him where everybody else is i'll everybody. never have him at number one and i can tell you rashawn outside of the top four is kind of crazy <laughs> really three like if, hey i i put him roman he's at a strong five so who's at two for you like, and honestly i, I i'm he's sliding backwards because that bubble championship gets less and less more important <laughs> every year so he might that slide means you've got there. that means you've got wilton bill up there I definitely have Wilt ahead of, of LeBron. Uh, I definitely have uh, Magic ahead of LeBron, and of course MJ and Kareem. So not know. Bill Russell though. Uh, no, no, I, I, and I probably would put Kobe up there. So you know that's that's when you get into the six, you know, f- five or six. Yeah. So I mean, you know that 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 will be a show, Roman. We're gonna save that for a, <laughs> another day. I am not gonna get into my my LeBron because you know I appreciate everything that LeBron's done, but LeBron's he's doing a little bit of the Emmett Smith running back thing where he's just played so long, he's breaking a lot of records, but Emmitt Smith was never as good as Barry Sanders, and I don't give a crap whether he holds the Russian record or not. He's <laughs> just not better, okay? And it's just one of those things. LeBron's played for a long time. He's been really good for a long time. So by default, he's breaking a lot of records. Congratulations. Like, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> we'll have to get into that one. Yes, we'll have to get into that one at, at, at another time. Do we got any texts coming in before I continue yes. to just blow hard? got a funny one here. They're keeping KP through Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't get rid of KP before coach. Black History Month's over no, for sure. <laughs> Gotta wait. Too I much. like that. We cannot fire Kenny Payne during Black History Month, boy. That, hey, that is my text today. If we gave a prize, I know you know uh, Bobby V always does the, the the V Show prize pack. If I could have a V Show prize pack, I'm sending it for that text. That's funny. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Got a good text here. Okay, Roman. Trey, Rashawn, in a sentence or two, can you guys explain the beginning of your Louisville fandom? I've always, I'm always intrigued by how people become fans of their favorite team, even if it's as boring as quote, "I was born in Louisville." <laughs> um, I'll start. Let me go start. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, I, I can remember the first moment. Like, obviously, I watched a handful of Louisville games before this moment, but there was a moment where somehow, some way, I was. At the Monkey Wrench with my dad. Yes, I was at the Monkey Wrench. Um, and they, him and his buddies, like my dad's not some big Louisville fan, but a bunch of his buddies were having a big Louisville watch party there. And I just remember being there and like being am- amused, like, you know, entertained by their excitement and understanding basketball enough to understand, like, you know, why they're going, oh, and why they're going, ah, you know, like all the different little reasons like that. Some game at Monkey Wrench, they had the game projected. I don't know if Monkey Wrench even exists anymore. I want to say Monkey Wrench has officially gone out of business. or It's not at that spot anymore, at least, on the corner there of uh, Barrett. Um, yeah, there's some some big game. 
I want to say it was near March. Um, or, or had to have been in March to have a, to have a watch party. Mm-hmm. Um, had to have been a March Madness game, and from that moment on, I I remember like wanting to have that kind of vibe for for Louisville games in the future, and, and wanting to to feel excitement for Louisville playing. You know, I didn't have anyone above me, anyone before me, anyone in my upbringing that really caused it. It was just my dad going to hang out with some friends, and I liked basketball already. There it goes. What about you, Trey? All right, so mine, uh, I'm a little bit younger than Rome, so I was kind of like barely old enough to remember going to games at Freedom Hall, but I I vaguely, vaguely remember going to some games there, and um, I was, you know, I was like nine whenever the whole, with the 2013 thing, we won, obviously won a national championship, Mm -hmm. Sugar Bowl that year as well, and I I was at both of those games. Yes. So those are probably some of my earliest memories that I have as Louisville fans, definitely like obviously my most fond memories of being a Louisville fan so right. um being nine years old whenever all that stuff happened um and being there it was kind of I literally I mean my dad was literally in tears at the national championship game like he was like I mean he grew up a Louisville fan so I mean seeing that happen and then he was like that made him so happy and I was just like after that after that it was just, just it, was just, it was just it was over with I mean yeah it was, <laughs> I mean I was I was obviously I grew up a Louisville fan I was a Louisville fan before that but after that it was just like yeah there was yeah, no getting me away it. from it at that point yeah that's wild. Well, for me, I, I will definitely say that you know I was definitely born in it. I, I don't know. I know all y'all old school remember, uh, fans remember the 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 blanket that they used to have the the U of L blanket. It was like it was like square, square pattern, and you like one square had like Louis, uh, you know, like a cardinal on there. Then one would just had cards in one of the squares, and the other one said like uh, Louisville University of Louisville, and just had all these red patchwork squares. Like, I used to have that blanket on my bed when I was a little, little kid. You know, two or three years old, I had that blanket on my bed. And my dad and my auntie were the two loudest people (laughs) ever. So, like, they would watch the Louisville games. And I remember these, have these memories at four and five years old. Okay, now, I was too young to remember the 80 championship. Like, I was alive. I was born in 77. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, I was alive for that, but way too young. But, you know, we had Louisville championship memorabilia around the house and you had you know a championship cup here or a championship shirt here so there was a lot of red around the house but then i would just watch how they would just go insane you like didn't my, have a, you didn't have a choice did not have like no. they would be crazy especially in the 80s like when louisville uh, was winning championships yeah, I can't imagine. and good every year and going to final fours and sweet 16s and elite eights local players coming yeah, to play for you louisville. know and it's like we're in the conversation you're watching dean smith and what he's doing at North Carolina, you're watching the Hoya Paranoia and John Thompson, and what they doing basketball was just live. And I loved it. I loved to play it. And being in this state with what it meant, you know, the dream game and everything else, the passion of U of L UK, I didn't have a choice. Like, it was – growing up in the 80s, it just – it was – that was yeah, it. Exactly. You know, it was yeah. just life. It's like ball is life, like literally in them days, especially because Louisville football sucked. Kentucky football exactly. sucked. So yeah. there was nothing else. It was literally right. just Louisville basketball, and it was the show. Like, when you went right. to Freedom Hall, that was like the Mecca. It was like being in no. Madison Square Garden. Best no, experience like, as a kid. No, they, Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like, hosting you know? national championships for Freedom Hall. <laughs> Those yes. chants before the game, yes. during the game. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's literally all it was for me. Like, I, I like just everything that I've been able to do, um, you know, with the media stuff, I, that completely happened by happenstance. I didn't go to school for it. I didn't. You know, I was not in bro- a broadcasting major. I just got had some very lucky breaks, and I got the opportunity to start covering recruiting for Louisville. Um, but b- being able to meet Denny Crum and interview, you know, Rick Pitino so many times and meeting just all the athletes and players, man, I've felt blessed because I'm just such a big fan. Um, so it's just been 
Um, you know, that's why I never take it for granted. You know, no. that, that's why I hate to see where they are now and, you know, see what's going on because, you know, you only have so many opportunities to do that. And growing up, having it so normal that, you know, I remember Destination Dallas and I remember us winning that championship when Purvis threw up the finger and hit that shot. And Purvis was only a freshman on that team. So I'm thinking, you know, oh, we're going to have, you know, he's doing this as a freshman. He's the MOP of the Final right. Four. We about to, you know, we got Felton Spencer coming in. We got the Twin mm -hmm. Towers. We about to just put just – have it dominate. So to go from that and it taking as long as it did to finally get back and to win that championship in 2013, it just makes you understand how special that time was and how important basketball is to the community. You know what I'm saying? So it's just been a, a dream come true. So, yeah, I appreciate you asking. That, Great question there. Great yeah. question. Next texter says, hi, Rashawn. So good to hear you today. I believe Josh did talk to KP and voiced his concerns, and KP probably nodded his head and said he agreed and continued doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. <laughs> to me, he seems to believe he know nothing, knows nothing one can tell him anything. I will say this about Kenny Payne, and, and this has always been my opinion of him. While he seems to be a very nice person. Anybody who ever you know talks to you about Kenny Payne says great guy, great dude, love him to death. You know, I believe so it. on and so forth. I believe that he is a very nice guy. But one thing I will say about Kenny Payne since he's been mm -hmm. here, and I've always had this opinion: while he seems to be a nice, humble guy, and he came out in his press press conference talking about my brothers, I need you, the fans, I need you. Everybody remembers right. the the press conference. But for a guy who just came out of his mouth talking about I need you and I need this person, I need everybody to be on board. He has handled coaching Louisville about as arrogantly and about as unilaterally as anybody ever could have. Right. I mean, no accountability whatsoever. No accountability. No accountability. Um, it seems like very little input from the coaches around him. And it's kind of been a, I know what I'm doing. Everybody else is just messing up. And I'm trying to tell them, and they just ain't getting it right. Right. And he has taken a very arrogant, very – um, non, um, uh, what, 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 what do I want to say? Just he's just not taking any of it on his shoulders. It's no. always been everybody else's problem. Yeah, I know what very I'm dismissive doing. the whole time. Absolutely, For and any he's issue. not taking any accountability. And like, I, some of the questions, some of the questions he gets in these press conferences, they're as detailed and specific to an issue as you can be, and then he will give this vague, dismissive what uh, list of four different things that needed to be different for that issue to not arise. Let me ask you, too. Can you remember a game where y'all know the cut scene that you see when they're going in and out, or out of a timeout, when they say, let's go inside the huddle with this coach? Have you? Do you ever no. remember a single game them doing that for Louisville since no, he's been I, here? Dude, I said that to Rome on a break before one time. I was like, I just want in one, one of these press conferences, <laughs> just one, I want him to say, like, Something technical. ACC just one. Network knows better. Like just the ACC one Network thing, like, is smart and they like know. <laughs> if this team gets in this set, we're gonna set high ball screens or like right. some, like something technical. It's and he hasn't said one, since he's been coaching here. There's literally been pretty much from, to, yeah. from like, nothing technical yeah. at all whatsoever. Well, well, it's all just like you said. I'm right. You guys are wrong. They're not listening to me. We gotta get like better at this. <laughs> we, like, gotta, we gotta try harder. It's what, like, one of the things that I've always tried to do in the press conferences, or at least I used to back when you know I I still believed in <laughs> <laughs> believed in Louisville basketball. I one of the things I always prided myself on is like I always wanted to ask a super technical question, whether it be to Coach Patino or whether it be to Coach Mack, because I like to hear 
coach's thoughts on like, strategy. Right. Like, yeah. that's some of the things that interest me. Like, I'm a basketball nerd. It should be something you should be able to talk about, talk Absolutely. for days about. Like, Absolutely. Like, that's one of the things that I just always loved about the, the, uh, the science of the game. So, like, any time that I have asked Kenny Payne, like, super specific questions about, you know, maybe this team is coming out and they are – they're, they're doubling, uh, you know, picking up on the corner, uh, you know, or, or they made some sort of strategic adjustment. I'll ask him specifically about that. And the only thing Kenny ever says is we drilled it, we drilled it, we tried to tell the guys that we were doing it, but they just didn't get it. And that's kind of the response. Like, he never gives a technical response of, well, yes, this is what they were doing. Here's how we were supposed to attack it, but this is what we weren't doing. Yeah, you're just saying he never gives that that's response. crazy. You're just saying well, we knew that was coming and we tried to warn them. Yeah, that's literally like, like every time. That's just not – I mean, dude. Yeah, like every time that's his response is, yeah, we knew it was coming, but, you know, and we tried to tell these guys, but they just didn't do it. Like that's literally his response to any specific pointed strategic ever. question. That's like Anytime you can get, get that back. from box scores. Yeah. And I, I, like, I don't truly – I don't think that he is – like dumb. I think he knows basketball. I think yes. he. I think he's a. I honestly think he's a good coach. I think it just comes down to the fact that like, he's never been a head coach before, and sometimes it's just well, not the right fit. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes I feel like he truly knows what he wants to do. He just mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily well, know how to relate. To I the think guys. Like, I like, truly, he needs like, to go to either high school or NBA. I don't think like, college is the right level. No, it's, it just it's, doesn't fit. It's one of those things where a coach is a teacher. Right. So at the end of the day, you know, if uh, they always say if. A teacher, if everybody in your class is failing, then it's not the students that are the problem. It's the teacher. And you've had two years where basically all your students are failing horribly. And you're looking at the the students saying, what's wrong with all all y'all just dumb? I told y'all. You know, yeah, know it's like <laughs> I gave you all the textbook. <laughs> and that's the whole thing, right, is it just feels like Kenny, under, he knows the game. Like, I feel no, like he, he does. and uh, Nolan and, uh, uh, and Danny, they know the game. Josh Jameson doesn't. Who knows knows what Josh knows? But I know that those other three guys know the game. But it's one thing to know the game, and it's another thing to be able to teach the game and put the game, explain what you, you know, explain the concepts in something that these players are going to be able to pick up. I think one of the reasons people, one of the texters earlier said, you know, these guys look lazy or they look disinterested. I don't think it's that they're lazy or they're disinterested. It looks like they don't know what what they're supposed to do. You can't play fast and you can't play conviction when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and when you're down 14, you know, like t- less than 10 minutes into and, and the game. Kenny's yelling at you, just saying, just saying, go, go, right, go. Remember right. what I told you in practice. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, it's it's very hard to do. It's, it's just very hard to do. It, it's it's one of those things where I just, he needs to, like you said, like, like you said, Rome, like it, it feels like something where he really needs to work on his craft before. He tries to do this. Yeah, if he, it's, if it's go, go Division to. Two. Go, yeah. go, go, go to a small school. Honestly, first. I think he's gonna want to get right back into the assistant coach. He's done. I don't yeah, think he wants no, to be a head coach. Because no. I mean, like I, I think for so long he was somewhat of just like a like a morale guy. Like he's just yeah. there. Like he's recruiting. He's making sure everybody's like on the same page, and they're just like, yeah. He he's pulls guys on, to the side, right. let them know to keep their hands low when they're doing this and that and da 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 da. Like he's he great, great assistant coach. I, I like. Seems like he has the abilities to be that, but I just. There, yeah. There's a yeah, lot he has to learn if he's going to keep on head coaching. Yeah, I don't. I think he's probably done with that. For a yeah, while. I, I think he's going to probably. And he may end up back on the Knicks staff. Honestly, yeah. Like, I mean, I, he probably wishes he was right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that'll be his next move. <laughs> go back up to New York. He can 
get back into his comfort zone. He has a lot of friends up there. The Dolans love him. So I, I think more than likely that's probably where he ends up at. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Dolans love him up there? Uh, absolutely. The Dolans love Kenny Payne. Like, Kenny Payne has a lot of friends in the business. Uh, like, if it was – like, Kenny had to – when he says that he had to get talked into this job, he had to get talked into this job because he had a very – he could have stayed up there and been an assistant or worked in the Knicks organization forever, honestly. Like, so – yeah, I, I think that's probably where he ends up is back in an administrative role or assistant coaching role uh, in New York would be my guess. Uh, we, hey, we got any other texts on there, Rome, before we go to break? That's it. That's, that's it, it at the moment. Cool, cool, cool. Well, i tell you what. Let's go ahead and hit this last break. I know Rome and uh, and Trey got some picks for y'all, so we're going to get into that. and uh, There's a little bit more foolishness. I want to get that, their opinions on the uh, SEC and the uh, uh, Big Ten already trying to change stuff with the uh, with the, the – field of 12 they want to make a field of 14 and get more guaranteed spots or whatever i want to get their thoughts on that uh since we did not get to talk about that on saturday uh so we'll get into that and much much more we're still taking your text if you want to pop in on anything that's been discussed so far 502-414-1450 is the thornton's text line we'll be back for about 30 more minutes before we get out of here on the mike rutherford show Welcome back in. Last segment of the show, man. This is today has flown by. I have had so much fun with these two gentlemen in the building today. Once again, big uh, shout out to uh, Mike Rutherford. I know he's finishing up his uh, his uh, vacation. Mike is back. What Wednesday? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe he's back on Wednesday. So uh, you all only have to listen to the these blowhards like me. Uh, you know, to blow up your eardrums for a little while longer. I, I've been a little angry today. I apologize for that, but I appreciate. Uh, <laughs> You know, Trey and Roman, even though Roman, um, you know, just to remind y'all that, that <laughs> Roman hates fun because Roman wants to exile court stormings. Everybody who did not hear that at the beginning of the show. Uh, so thank you for that, Roman. We appreciate the fact that you hate fun and, and college basketball. So. Win it all. Storm the court. Storm the court in the last game of the year. So, you know, that, that was one of Roman's hot takes. And he said he wants Kenny Payne back if he brings him three McDonald's All-Americans. He says Kenny Payne can have his job. If he brings me three, he can keep his job. That's wild. So, yeah, so Roman no. definitely has the hot takes for the day. So Listen, dude. listen, I've got a career to worry about. i got to go interview <laughs> these All-Americans and become friends with them. That's fair. While they're living in my city. And then once they go off to the next level, they're going to remember me. That's they're going to remember me in my upcoming podcast and whatnot. And you never know what will come from that. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, hey, I'm, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like the the funnest the, the thing I've loved the most about being in media mm-hmm. is that being able to have the opportunity to interview the guys. Like back when Derby Festival Classic was a thing, which I missed. They need to bring it back. Where's Mike Gandalfo? Mike Gandalfo, I know you out there somewhere. We need to get the Derby Classic going again, brother. Because when those high school superstars used to come here, like interviewing Donovan Mitchell at the uh, the KDF was just awesome you know the, the, being able to sit there and talk to those guys and have those interactions man that was always the funnest you know the funnest part of my job so yeah i i, I feel you on that roman uh but uh, you know we had some interesting t- uh, I, I was looking at the the twitter sphere and uh had some interesting tweets come in uh, uh texter uh or tweeter actually said uh, he said it would be a full circle pairing if uk drew houston in the Sweet 16, he said that was UK's last Sweet 16 win against the Cougars back in 2019. 
I would love to see UK uh, match up with Houston. Because they don't have a chance. They would get yeah. murdered. Like, I don't care what the spread is. Give me Houston. Yeah. And I'm laying whatever points. Right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> like they, that's, that's their that's worst That's a nightmare match. That's their worst nightmare. I mean, the team like Houston that defends like they do, I mean, they yeah. just. I, mean, oh, they I, I would love chance. it. I would love it. No. Like, like to me, that's the type of team that's going to put UK out. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that is the type of team that, you know, if they're very feisty, they're very aggressive, maybe slightly undersized, but, like, I would just envision, uh, you know, those guys just bullying, uh, you know, all of those guys. I don't care whether it's, it's, it's Reed Shepard or – Whoever they they're play. gonna bully those guys, I, I I love it. Like, but I want see that's the whole thing. I don't mind UK being good, and I don't mind them doing well because then it makes when they lose so much more fun. Much sweeter. I don't like it when they're like everybody knows like that they're already gonna be terrible. This UK team is just good enough to where UK fans are dreaming. Yeah, they're doing the devil. The way we said earlier. So that way I yeah. can just feast on their tears. Yeah, it's awesome. And that that like that literally has been what's been able to sustain me through these crappy three years is that UK has not been very much better and I can still watch them lose. So, you know, I, I, I will take that <laughs> all day long. I, hey, so uh, let, let me ask you fellas. I know that, that we're going, we're getting close and I, I don't know how many picks you have Rome, but th- there were some people that were giving compliments to Roman for his uh, oh, yeah. selections. Plus I do have to pat myself on the back. If you listen to me on Saturday morning, which of course is wake up five Oh two comes to you every Saturday morning, nine to 11 AM. If you took, Wake Forest and laid the two and a half points. You put in a winning ticket. I you told put y'all. in a winning ticket. That Absolutely. is right. Absolutely. I told y'all. You let them know. Happening. You let me know that I had the wrong choice. <laughs> hey, you know, bro. I don't bet, but you know, I know a few things about a few things. Especially these college guys. You're pretty in tune. You know what I'm saying. I, 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 I've always said the reason people always ask me. You know, you love sports so much. Why don't you do the sports better? And I was like, dude, I, that would be like giving. A fat kid, a cake, a whole cake. <laughs> if I get that cake and I take a take a bite, all it's gonna take is one bite. You eat the whole cake. That whole damn cake yeah. gonna be gone. So this is why I've never started sports betting because I just know that I have. <laughs> I'm already predisposed to where I'm gonna go off the deep end. So that's why I've just as long as you know, as long as you know, absolutely. The, oh right. yeah, I'm like no, that's not for me because as soon as I get started on that man, I'm gonna be. Rome would think I'm crazy coming in here. <laughs> <laughs> my whole show is just going to turn in. I got Pepperdine spread tonight. Oh, do you? I feel like, no, I'm saying I'm quoting you. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, hey, hey, like for real, like literally. I'm going to be, that would be my become my whole show, and then I would sound like another show in the market that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I just call it the de- Degenerate Gambling Hours, but, you know. I, lo- I, 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 I love the fellas. It I is a, it is still a new fun thing though for <laughs> for new for Kentuckians who and haven't lo- been able to sports, though. Right? Yeah, you know, and if you're a smart and you know mature, and I even want to say frugal person, then it can be a very fun thing. Absolutely. I mean, and now and you know now that Roman's part of the team, uh, I'm going to be making use, especially because of his NBA knowledge. I'm telling y'all right now, the NBA best Rome's got the goods, and that that's coming from the texters and of the Saturday show. They they speak very highly of him. So, you know, Roman, all you need now is a 1-800 line. I know. But you got to get that New York accent, though. You got you to you work on your New York accent because that's the only way people buy it is if you sound like, you you know, you got that, that Brooklyn. I got Sockham, Siakam 18 plus, you heard? Yeah, there you go. See, exactly. That's what you need. You do that, that they're going to blow that 800 line up, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so 
let, let, let me. I'm gonna go ahead. We got about 20 minutes before the end of the show, so we, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and do that. I don't want to yeah. get cut off because I don't want people cursing at me if, if they don't get out. Let's don't get, get these picks pick to the people, Trey. We got a couple more texters ahead, to get ahead, to after that, so let's get these picks out there. I know there's a couple listeners out there probably waiting around for them. Uh, Trey's a little bit more in tune with the college slate tonight. I do like Baylor, but he'll give you the more specifics on the college picks for NBA tonight. Siakam up against his old team again. I think he covers 18 plus points. I really like that line tonight. Um, I don't, I don't see a reason where he wouldn't. I want to say that the Sacramento Kings get a W tonight. So I only have two, two plays that I'm feeling confident about. I think Siakam scores his 18 points at home against his old team. And I think Sacramento gets the win. Now, that's at the moment, I think Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero are not playing. If Jimmy Butler plays, especially if Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero both play, I like the Miami to pull up a little bit of an uh, upset on the road in Sacramento. But at the moment, as it stands, just Bam Adebayo out there for him and that Jacques Jr., if it's just those two in the starting lineup out of the more important guys, then I I think Sacramento gets it done. What about you, Trey? I like it. Okay, so my first pick of the night, it, game starts at 9, but it's Baylor at TCU. Um, and I like Baylor to win, man. I really think they're going to win this game. TCU is a good team, but I still think Baylor's going to get it done. And if you don't feel confident enough in that, then just bet them the spread 2.5. They're getting 2.5 points there. So if you don't like that if you don't like that money line, then go with the spread. Um then after that, there's really not too too terribly much. West Virginia at Kansas State. Um, I th- I honestly think it'll be it spreads at nine and a half points, so I kind of like West Virginia to cover. So I'll go with that West Virginia plus nine and a half. But I I think Kansas State's honestly going to get out of that one pretty uh, scot free. And then um, Miami at North Carolina. I don't hold on. I'm trying to figure out that. Uh, I I mean obviously North Carolina's going to win that game and. Probably cover, so that's where I'll go with that. Yeah, ESPN bet has North Carolina uh, laying 14 and a yeah, half. 14, that's a lot right. of points. Yeah, it's a lot of points, but yeah, I'll say they'll cover. Okay, there we go. I just, I just took a look at one more thing here. I got a, I got a on in the moment, spurt of the moment play as well. Okay. Just looking at it, Knicks are at home tonight against the Detroit Pistons. I would tease it up, but I don't think that game goes over 225. Knicks don't, Knicks are, Knicks are great defensively at home. Detroit is <laughs> – Louisville and Detroit would maybe be a good game, right? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Detroit is in a similar position as uh, Louisville, eight wins, and they're not good. I don't think they uh, – I think it's a blowout on our hands in New York, and I think, you know, you're looking at like a 120 to 90 kind of score, 95 maybe. Stays around there, 118 to 97, 95. So I think it stays under 225, Siakam 18-plus. And the Sacramento Kings to win. Jimmy Butler doesn't play. And then we've got Baylor Moneyline coming from Trey. I also really like Baylor tonight. And what was the other one, Trey? Uh, Kansas State. I got their money line. I'm going to have to send this to the texter they, just in case they didn't get Kansas a Kansas State is favored. They're favored by 9.5, but I'm going to put the money line in the parlay just because I like it a lot. Kansas State to win? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, there you go. we got four, four, five. Five big X, big picks of the day coming from Roman and Trey. Nice. There we go. Make it. Go, go ahead, go ahead, put your ticket in now. If you want any more bets, you got to call 1-800-ROME. 1-800-ROME is burning. You heard? <laughs> <laughs> he's so hot, he's on fire, I'm telling you. We got a texter here. Says, I'm ready for Brozich. Brozich? How do you? Brozich. Brozich. Shtick to come full circle <laughs> with KP blaming him for talking 
taking him, talking him into the job in an Eric Crawford article. That would be funny. Oh, gosh. That, hey, I, you know, like I said, and I said it earlier, and I do want to rehash it, that I love Dr. Bo. I love Rick Bozich. He is one of my favorite people. Uh, grew up reading his articles and, you know, really respect him. He's a guy that, um, you know, we, we have a very good relationship, you know what I'm saying, working relationship. When I see him at the games, we always will sit there and have a laugh and talk. So he's awesome. You know, it's all right to be wrong. He's on the wrong side of this one, but, you know, uh, I, I won't hold it against him. But, yeah, that that, that whole uh, Bloods versus Crip thing that him and Eric Crawford got going on at WW, uh, WDRB Studios is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, they'll <laughs> – it'll be funny to see once the saga ends how they approach it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's been funny, but, yeah. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny has definitely – um, that that seemed like the last ditch effort. Like this this article, this both started from from uh, Saturday because I guess you could at least you didn't have the have you didn't necessarily happen to have the bad taste in your mouth of watching Louisville lose to Duke since that Duke game is not until I think it's Wednesday. Right. So you know you didn't have to worry about Louisville losing the game. So with no game to be played, you could just kind of just say just y'all just imagine you know with these kids. That's what it just felt like. So. Who knows? I mean, after the Duke game, Louisville has three, you know, I would say winnable games at home, but considering Louisville hasn't won much of anything in the ACC. One of the worst teams at home in the country. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, they have three pseudo-winnable games, so who knows? If they go out there and they can have a pulse against Duke, especially if Filipowski is still dealing with his loser's cramp, you know, from getting <laughs> trampled at, at Wake Forest, if he decides he's not, I'm gonna tell you what. I don't think he's hurt at all. No, gonna he's gonna come out and uh, might have something taped up. Maybe like he no, he tripped that. that fan. That fan went flying, and he's a jerk. He knew that them fans was coming on the court, and he sashayed his big butt across that court as slow as humanly possible, and basically just dared somebody to get close. Dared somebody, literally. That's what so, I was thinking. You know what, Filipowski just just continues that long run of Duke players that I can't stand. Gray, it's, it's, like every, it's like you know, you Grace keep, Allen, Cherokee Parks. I can go, you know, there's can't, a million can't go two or three years without one. Ugh, no, so annoying. I was so happy. When I feel Donovan like UNC Mitchell has one. Uh, always has one. Grace I don't like too. You remember that when Donovan Mitchell slapped Grace Allen in the face? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. That, that was, was awesome. just so awesome. I love Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> right because he kind of he tried to trip somebody yes. or something. Yeah, so yeah, he tried to trip Donovan. Donovan turned around, slapped him dead in the face. That was so awesome. I will say though. That mindset that Grayson Allen plays with, that, yes. that I'm going to be a annoying pest and cross the line from being a pest and being dirty, kept him a job. Oh, yeah. You know, as someone who's not a great on-ball defender, you know, he's not he's not laterally quick like some of these other guys in the league. He he just bothers you defensively. And he, he so he's, he's Reed Shepard. 100% effort all the time. Reed you know? So, yeah. It's a good yeah. similar comp. It's like. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's a good job if you can if you can find it, you know. I mean, he was uh, lucky enough to be on a championship team as a freshman, and I mean, he literally just buoyed that into a whole career, and has yeah. now been stayed in the five NBA years, for, five years at Duke, I want to say, or four. Four, I think he was four years at Duke. He stayed all four years, and you know, he got ended up getting drafted, and he's still. You don't on see a, on that nowadays. You really don't see that nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Coach K was always big into having his guys stay four years. But, yeah, yeah. Grayson Allen, especially because he was a McDonald's All-American kind of, you know, out the jump. To, for have a uh, Mickey D's kid to stay all four years, that's very But rare. every year he was kind of like, yeah, I don't think Grayson's really, really ready yet. No, oh, he knew. I mean, being the big man on campus at Duke, you win a championship. Yeah, you don't, a you're, not itching, you're not itching to get and, out of there. You know, unless... he, he played well in the championship game, too. Hey, I'm staying in college and reaping all them benefits. 
for sure. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like all of them. <laughs> Texter says, "Have you all noticed Dre Davis is adjuring?" Averaging fourteen and six on fifty percent shooting for a Seton Hall team that may make the tournament, he said the right things. But I always thought this. I always thought he saw the writing on the wall early. That's on Kenny. Kenny, because you know, watching Deontay Davis, who has grown into a monster, he is a big They're both really guy. Good. Yeah, and uh, watching him playing, Deontay playing for Notre Dame, and watching what Dre's doing up there uh, with Seton Hall. You could have had both of those kids. They were both committed to Louisville and ready to come. All they needed to do was Kenny Payne to actually say he wanted them, and Kenny was too lazy to even give them a call. Dre said he reached out multiple times to Kenny Payne and trying to find out if they were good to go, and the coaching staff never returned his call. I was on – we were on – like I think it was like that's spring break That's insane to me. Like, that's – I saw him in Florida, like I think it was like around spring break time Dre when he Davis? was leaving. Yeah, I saw him, and he was wearing. It was like a day before he left, and he was yeah. like still repping Louisville stuff, full head to toe in Louisville stuff. Like he didn't want to. He did leave. not want he to. Wanted to play. He, he wanted to play. He wanted to play Louisville. He did. Hundred percent. He hundred percent wanted to stay. Here. Like, and the coaching staff did him dirty. They just ghosted him. Um, yeah. I mean, crazy. Just, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, he, I hope he, I hope he, not you know, hope he reminds. Well, no, Kennedy will be gone, but I'm glad he reminded him. Yeah. yeah, both of them. I'm glad they're both. I'm glad they're both doing good. Absolutely, well, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's why you know I I am very much fine with you know Deontay coming down here and he played well for for Notre Dame you know in that game and I'm not mad about it at all because no. I it never under I could never understand you know because Kenny Payne was like I want guys that really you know want to be here and guys that that really rep it like DeAndre Davis represented everything that Kenny said he wanted. And then right. Kenny didn't even give him the respect of having a conversation with no. him. No. I mean, he committed here. I mean, it, yeah. it was never even a question. It was like, we. I mean, even before he committed, we knew he was going to come here. It was like. Yeah. I mean, Deontay Davis, like, Kenny said he wanted big guards. Deontay is definitely a big guard. He's exactly. six six at the time. I think he's like six eight. He's grown, now. yeah. He's dude. big. You know, and. Those are two, those are two guys that could have helped him. us a lot. Yeah. A lot. Like, and we just and let him walk. <laughs> just let him walk away. So, yeah, you know, that's just another, another. Example of just the inept attitude and the inept, just everything. Oh, I'm I'm so I know I know this has been a very Kenny Payne heavy show. I know Mike tries to 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 stay away from just not wanting to talk about. It. Like I love talking about. It. Like Mike is like I hate talking about it's depressing. I love having the conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, especially because now it feels like sort of somewhat some light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, like this. It's two kinda, weeks, two weeks, and, and, a, and one tournament like, game, y'all. Lord, get him out, please. I love it. Like, yeah. th- that was the one thing I always said. Like, people said, I hate when Louisville basketball comes on. I'm like, I love it because I'm like, it's able one to tick a, another tick mark yeah, off exactly. the, the, one step you know, the calendar. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I used to have a calendar up at my desk at work every day, and I would just tick off because, you know, it had the wins and the losses. And so you would just check them off. Now – I'm just putting lines through everything. Like I'm not even keeping up yeah. with wins and losses. It's just like counting down the days. <laughs> uh, Ron, we got any, uh, any other texts before we get out of here? One last text here says, Louisville playing Washington. Brandon Roy and Nate Robinson in the 2005 Sweet 16 is the first game I can remember everything vividly. Watching the cards knock the one seed off that day had me hooked for life. Do you all remember that game? I've seen highlights. Two. I was only two. You were only, you was only two? How old yeah. was you, Ron? You? Uh, I was seven. Seven. Okay, so yeah. Oh, man. well, I was I was six six still if it was March. So okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that game right there, like that run, that was the kind of the announcement that like Rick Pitino had gotten Louisville back, and that game, everybody thought that Washington was going to kick Louisville's butt. I mean, they had Nate Robinson, they had Brandon Roy. Uh, yeah, I've, they seen, had, I've seen the highlights. They had another from that, from really that team good. too. 
player. Like that that Washington team was loaded. They were a number one seed. Cardinals was a four seed. And no one really gave Louisville a chance. And Louisville came out there and whipped the absolute dog piss out of Washington in that game. It was just that was the that was the one when uh the the um kind of the seminal moment is when um uh, Otis George sets the the pick and just sets the the screen so hard he like blew yeah. up the Washington player like that that's like the most replayed part of that whole game but that that whole run that you know winning that game blowing out Washington and then finding a way to come back and beat West Virginia and Kevin Pitt snoggle and those dudes when West Virginia seemed to hit like fifty five threes in the first half. Uh, and Louisville come back and win. Yeah, that that was a good one. That was that was when we knew it was going to be all right because before then, you know, Louisville had been pretty good, but them getting on that run and making that run as a four seed and going all the way to the Final Four, uh, yeah, that's a good memory. So, yeah, you you all were just a slight a slight bit too too young for that one, but that was when Rick, you know, really kind of few different NBA himself. players on that Washington team. Yeah, I'm telling you, that was a that was a loaded. Washington team. Like, people didn't think that Louisville had a shot. Now, who was on that Louisville team? Garcia? Yeah, they had Francisco uh, Garcia, Taekwon Dean, uh, Juan Palacios, uh, Larry O'Bannon. Palacios, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it was a squad. Louisville had some dogs on that team, you know, and and that was the whole thing. Washington was the pretty boys. You know what I'm saying? They want to come out there and be all fancy, and we got grimy on them dudes, and they were not ready for it. That's one thing that Louisville fans always say. We love playing West Coast teams. We ain't ready for that. Yeah. Nah, it, we love playing West Coast teams because we show out against West Coast teams. Like, they're yeah. they, they going to come with that pretty boy stuff, and we're going to show them what, you know, what is and what right. ain't. <laughs> right. um, I wonder what the first roster, like the first – I can't think of the first roster that I really – like. Yeah, the first team that you really I wanna say remember. 2009. Like the T-Wheel, was that the, the T-Wheel? Okay, no, okay, yeah, hold on. Edgar 2008. Sosa? It had to be 2007, I want to say, is when I really – yeah. Okay. Preston Knowles, Juan Palacios, Padgett, Earl Clark, Sosa. Sosa. I mean, I remember Reginald Delk. I remember that name. Reggie Delk, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trey, Trey what's your first team you remember vividly? Oh, was probably. It? Probably that national championship team, yeah. yeah. Probably championship team, yeah. yeah. Sosa and then, and, I mean, Siva and, and yeah, Russ. Siva and then, Russ. Then, yeah. No, Trey's that can't be right, Trey. What? You surely know a team before then. Well, I was nine. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, but that's honestly, that's you don't remember those 2010, 2011 teams. Uh, I mean, I probably do, but like off the top yeah. of my head, it was probably. I mean, I, yeah. dude, I was seven. I wasn't like I didn't really know. Yeah. Offense, I wasn't really paying too much attention to that. I was probably just worried about <laughs> yeah. the slides and stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, see, I was, I was, I was an insane child. I, I, re- I mean, like I remember. I was a little bitty kid. I was probably five, and I remember Jordan in North Carolina. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but I was like I said, I was I was built different. Yeah. I was about that college yeah. basketball. Like yeah. my dad had a North Carolina championship uh, Coke can because my cousin is a big booster for North Carolina, yeah. so we had one. So that kind of put me. Yeah, I was yeah. yeah. I was just all I was always and I was insane. But yeah, I I understand. Like my, my son still hates basketball. My son's a basketball player and he hates basketball. Really? In what ways? He does. He doesn't watch. He doesn't watch basketball. Like the only really? basketball he uh, he watches is when he plays two K. He, he doesn't does watch, not watch the NBA finals. No, he. I can't get my son to sit down and watch a basketball. Do you game. think he loves basketball? Do you burn him out? It's a very odd. No, he loves. No, no. He <laughs> just. It's just weird. Like me, I was completely all into sports, but he literally only likes sports video games. He don't. But he like he loves playing it still. Loves though. playing. Loves playing. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, he's he's playing great for Holy Cross, and 
he's going to more than likely be playing college. But, yeah, he just does not like watching basketball. Yeah. It's just the, it's that gen, it's the generation, man. Like everything is like highlights. I understand it though to an extent. playing whenever I play football in high school, it was kind of like I kind of just like want to get away from it a little bit. It's kind of like yeah. all you do all day, every day. And yeah, yeah. Like no, the last I mean, thing I want to do in my free time is watch that. But honestly, like he's just never. He's not like the the only event that I could ever get him to watch with me at all was the dunk contest. Really, and you know they've even messed that up now. Yeah. Thanks, Roman, for you know your your spoiled NBA players. <laughs> the now. dunk contest does need some revamping. Oh, it needs some. It uh, needs some. Watch, uh, watch it. They had those replays of the uh, the Levine Aaron Gordon showdown. It's peak. Like, oh. That's peak dunk contest <laughs> there. And now we got guys going to the All Star game shooting half court shots. Ugh, just terrible. I mean, yeah, c- come on, y'all. But you know, but I I I, I like you all's picks. I was gonna uh, say that uh, Trey, I probably would have went. You know, I, I might have went opposite with you on a, on a, on a couple of those picks. Which ones? That, that uh, the the one only one that I was looking at where I was a little nervous because you said you really like Baylor, like top twenty five teams on, on the, the road, road this year. I get it. I get that. I get it. And and that's why I'm like looking at TCU. TCU is really good at the they crib. Are. They are. Like you know, they're, they're a two and a half point favorite. I was gonna say lay them points and and hammer TCU. So that would be the only one that I would have. You know, I like your North Carolina. I, I like your North Carolina pick. I agree with you. Miami's just floundering. Yeah, they're not that good. Um, and, then just, West, and then that other one was uh, West Virginia, Kansas State. I just yeah, the, West the, Virginia's just not that good. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia sucks. Yeah, they you suck. You know, yeah. so I I think Kansas State. I like that. I like the other two picks, but I was looking at that one. So you know, I. I, I that will be the one where you know I, I might have to just text into the show tomorrow. See, but man, like I told you so. now, now I'm gonna <laughs> go home and I'm definitely gonna hedge that bet now because you just because you said that <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna be too nervous not to now. So. I, I will because Baylor. I don't know what it is about Baylor this year, but they just seem to. It's like inconsistent almost. Yes, like, like they like just sometimes they're there. I think it's that time like of the year though. Full full speed. It's that like, time of the know? year they're about to turn it up tonight. Come on, Thanks, Rome. So. Get me going right. Rashawn's okay. scaring me. Come on, Rashawn. He's just he's scaring me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be watching. Hey, I feel I like every time he has now. a pick that he's well, actually, I was. Uh, it's right. So <laughs> let me go ahead and hedge. What, I don't that's say what much, I'm saying. I'm but I'm just... telling you because see, that's why I don't bet though. Because like I feel like if I get uh, you know I get on there and I pop a couple right, they, the next they, thing you know, yeah, you say well, that, let me just start betting for you then, Rashawn. We'll use my money. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? But like I, uh. I, I definitely I, I'm gonna at least go I diverge on that one, but the other ones I like all you all's other picks I like all of them. Um, so I, I agree that was the only one where I was like, eh, eh, you know, but it's not I, a huge slate for it, but no, 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 it's 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 a Monday slate, you know, yeah. big. Their other the first two big Mondays have definitely been better. Uh, this this big Monday is kind of mm, yeah, but you know the Big Twelve definitely the second best conference. Uh, so you know, I, I like that game, that North Carolina game. No one, uh, no, no way we watching that. Like no one's gonna watch it. Jim Laranega, I I don't think he's gonna get fired or retire after this year, but I think he's about near, done. Yeah, the end is near. Uh, it, sure. it, yeah, it feels like he's about done. But I tell you what, fellas, you know what else is about done? This they show, should. this show has been awesome. Thank you so much, everybody that texted in. Thank you for everybody being uh, so interactive today. Trey, Ryan, thank you, man. It's been a little bit since, know, since we got the chance yes, to talk. Sir. So I appreciate you. It was good Always. to see you. Yes, Rome, uh, good luck on your bets tonight. Uh, I'll make fun of you on, on Wake Up 502 <laughs> on Saturday. Guarantee one way or the other, brother. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Hey, there we go. Hey, for Mike Rutherford Show, we out of here. Big X.